Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Dialogue Options Podcast with your ever-faithful hosts, John McDonald. That is me, and as always, my very, very good friend and co-host, Mr. Kyra Morrison. How are you doing, good sir? Joel, I'm barely alive. Yeah, me too. But I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. This is all a facade. This, like, cheery disposition that I'm bringing to the show is a facade. I actually am mildly dead inside, so... Well, we're between two good things. We've finished PAX now. Yeah. But also, neither of us have played Red Dead yet. No. No. So... Pretty much as soon as this is done... This is like our homework. This we're is it, it done. yeah. yeah we're, we're, we're the, the final stretch before we can settle in with some Red Dead. So, um, But you'll have to wait till next week to stay uh, tuned for that one. But this week, not your normal episode. We're not going to have any dope or nope. We're not going to have any uh, you know, quest log or bonus round or anything like that. In a way, it's all our quest log. Exactly, yeah. I guess we could put the quest log bumper in, but... Um, side quest. <laughs> yeah, side quests. Um... You know, mini quests. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Mini quests, because we've played some snippets of stuff. But um, it has, of course, uh, been PAX this last weekend. PAX 2018 in Melbourne at the Convention Centre. Uh, greatest time of the year for us. We love it. We have a good time. And I, I, I'm just going to come out. I think we'll start off with some general impressions of the show. I'm going to come out and say I probably had one of the best times I've had at PAX this year. Uh, as a whole. I think. Yeah, I mean, I actually, I, I went to like maybe I went to one panel. Yes, which bummed me out because there was a lot of good panels. But the other, the other reason why I had such a good time is because there were so many games I wanted to play. I didn't get to play all of them. No, but most of them I did. Yeah, no, and the other thing is too, and, and apart from like the stuff on the show floor or at the actual, uh, you know, at PAX itself, like the outside stuff we did was a lot of fun as well. Like. We had a we had a good time on uh, on Friday night. We caught up with the uh, um, the AGPN crew for the King of Packs tournament. Congratulations to Andrew Natoli from the Inconsolables for taking it out for the second year in a row. We played um, some stressful Jenga. We did play some stressful Jenga. Uh, thank you, Callum, for bringing that up from uh, Callum from Game Train, bringing that up every time he could over the weekend. So that was wonderful. Um, but yeah, no, it was really great. We had we had some drinks with some people. Hung out with the point and click crew. Um, you went to Kingpin. I did. I went to the enemy. Um, wasn't ideal. I was getting a little judgy in there, but you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was it was really fun. So like that kind of stuff was really good as well. I think we 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 did a lot of stuff with the the AGP in this year. The only weird stuff was like there was weird queue things. Like yeah, getting into the show floor. I still haven't gotten to the bottom of that mystery. Really. No. Well, we heard on the Friday there was a fire drill that caused yes, the problem. Yeah. Uh, but then after that, it seemed like they weren't using the Q hall, and or like just... if they were, like less. Yeah, because it was it, it was a bit smaller, I guess. Yeah, and the... Bethesda had a bunch of stuff in there as well. Yeah, and I think well that that that's probably if that's the case, like you know, it, it was a bit smaller, but that meant that the show floor was bigger, which was good. Um, mm. uh, but yeah, no, it was it was that was strange the the queuing stuff, but it didn't really seem when I think about it, it didn't really seem didn't really take too much off our day. Saturday was the only time we waited for a long time to get in, but even then, it was like once we got in, it was like oh, okay, everything's fine. Yeah, well, um, yeah, there were still the big queues. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, especially on the Saturday. Uh, the Friday though seemed a lot more quiet than it has before. I feel. Yeah, I I think Fridays where we really got to see that the show, show felt bigger. I yeah. guess I don't know, but also like, I mean, the main things we played was. Uh, again, our longest one was Kingdom Hearts. That was yep. That was probably pretty lengthy. 
Yeah, we, 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 it was like to, 20 minutes. We, were able to, we, kept, we passed our time because we were next to Smash, so we could just turn around and watch that. Exactly. Smash was quick because of how they were sort of, how well, how short those matches are. And also, too, on the, we lucked out that on the first day, they were trying to separate the booth into like competitive and, and for fun. fun. Um, and so we were just like, oh, fuck it, we'll just play competitive. Yeah, because there was not really much of a kick There was right. no line for it, so we jumped, jumped in. <laughs> Um, but they sort of got rid of that the next day. I noticed that they yeah. just sort of they combined st- the lines. They they did. They still were asking. Yep. So they're like, if you want for if you were for glory, then you might have had a little bit of a wait. Yep. But honestly, you could just say, who cares? Yep. Playing on a pro controller was weird, but we'll get to that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, apart from that, uh, okay, here's the big elephant in the room. How did you feel about the EB presence? I mean, I didn't like seeing the EB store in there. But to be fair, it was that one corner and that was it, really. I didn't see anything else. There was an Ultimate Gamers Lounge doll. I don't I know what fucking no idea where it I was. I don't know what was in it, and I am curious. Uh yeah, well, that's true. But um, honestly, like in a way, like I, I guess not really the same. But I, I sort of like have a twi- <laughs> Twitch's booth has like the Twitch Partner Lounge. Yeah, exactly. If you're one of those fancy partners, just hang out in their sweet lounge, With have their coffee. Own fucking barista in there, yeah, yeah. That's running their coffee machine. But must be nice. Must be nice. Uh but yeah, no, I, I honestly don't think it was. As bad as some people probably feared it was going to be, in my eyes anyway. I don't. I just. It didn't really. I mean, I went into the EB store a couple of times and I was like, "Yeah, it's fine." Like, people were going nuts for it, but that's what people do sometimes. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, I don't know. Like, even when when we went to the EB Expo, and they had like the big EB store in mm-hmm. there. Like, this was obviously smaller than that, of course. It's just it is always it's just weird. Like I remember walking past it at one point, and like the they had like the shout of it, like sort of promoting it, yeah, trying to get people excited, hyping up like picking up a PS4 or a Switch. I'm like, I, I'm look, it's I'm not saying it's impossible, I, but I, but imagine walking out of there with a console. Well, here's the thing though, like if you went to the show floor and went to that Sony booth and played Spider Man and was like, I don't have a PS4. I've saved up all my money for PAX weekend. There's nothing else here I really want. Fuck it, why not? Like, for the general person that wouldn't go around Man. and look at all the different prices and all that kind of shit, they'd just be like, fuck yeah, I want to play more of Spider-Man. I'm going to buy a PS4 with it. I actually would be very curious to know the sales figures on yeah. Spider-Man and, like, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Even Red Dead. Yeah, Without Red it being Dead. there on the show floor, just being the weekend that it came out, people would be like, oh, fuck it, I'll pick it up. I think there were... I'd, I'd seen a couple of people who who had done that on Twitter and stuff that were like, yep, yeah, well, because they were from out of town and they'd been here since Thursday. Yeah. So they were like, fuck it, I'll just pick it up here. Like, why not? Wonder if they were price matching. That'd be interesting. I don't think so. But I imagine if they did. That'd know, be crazy. I know. Uh, but yeah, I honestly think it was it was quite fine. Um, the other thing about the, the show floor itself is... It's going to be clear, though. Pax Oz absorbed EB. Exactly, yeah. So, very much so. Despite the question, the, the, the conversation I had with someone on the show floor that started <laughs> talking to me about it. and I, was I, like, did, I didn't really see anyone trying to, like, Q-jump with their badges, so I'm glad that EB Expo confusion wasn't there. No, no. I'm sure there were people who tried I, to, but... I bet there was. Well, should we talk about, talking about, like, badge confusion and things like that? Should we talk about the incident that apparently that occurred on Saturday that really didn't have anything to do with us, but we found out about it later? What was that? The uh, the Twitch streamer. Oh, God. So, apparently there was a Twitch streamer, very prolific Australian Twitch streamer we, there. This is, this is like, confirmed, right? We know? I think so, yeah. Well, this is... This, okay, take this with a grain of salt. This might not be true, but this is what we heard. And it kind of makes sense after seeing 
piecing all the information together that we saw over the weekend. Um, there was a, a big Twitch streamer that was doing a panel there. Um, very prolific in streaming Fortnite. So a lot of kids there. They He had a pop-up store in Bandland that had a fucking astronomical queue for it. Selling his fashion and whatever, I don't know. Yeah, look, whatever. And all these kids were wearing and they were going nuts for it. We heard that apparently the, the Twitch streamer himself had said that he was going to be at PAX, but he didn't need a badge to go to the panel. And so all these families, because he's a fucking Fortnite streamer, so there's all these families rocking up with their kids going, we don't need to pay for this, let's go in and see him because my kid wants to see him. And they were getting like denied at the door. The poor enforcers had to turn away all these people. Uh, yeah, that... So, again, with a grain of salt, that's what we heard was was the story. But regardless of that, there was just this astronomical line for, like, half the afternoon in Bandland um, for this buddy Twitch streamer that's... Uh, I'm so happy I don't care about Fortnite. Yeah, me too. Yeah, didn't get your floss on on the uh, the, the boogie down stage or whatever it fucking was. The low light of me, of my packs, was queuing for a game yeah. and having to Fortnite. And, like... It was the worst part about that I game. I want to say like, the queue for I, that. I don't want to say like I'm turning up my nose too much at Fortnite. No, but yeah, it, it, yeah, I don't know. Like if it like just dance, I'm fine with. Yeah, because they're playing different songs. It was the one fucking thing over and over again. Yeah, at least with just know. dance, like yeah, there's only a select amount of songs that you can pick from, but they usually rotate through them. Like anyway, um, but yeah, in terms of the show floor itself, like it was very good. It was awesome. Like we were having a conversation about it last night about how. It felt, the booths felt more closer to like an E3 or a PAX West, like a big scale they, show. They were fancier, like the Nintendo mm-hmm. booth wolf that had like the Pokemon Center and a Pokemart. Yep. Uh, the Sony booth had like the whole New York shop front for the Spider-Man demo. Mm-hmm. Not that Spider-Man's all game at this point, but whatever. That's why I wonder how much it sold at BB store. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Um, Ubisoft's booth was pretty standard. Like it's usually, this, they do the same thing every year. Yeah, it was, and it's always good. Like they have a they have a nice presence. They did have a store this year though with their own. Yeah, merch, selling cool. their statues and. Well, it was more so that they were selling like like the hats and stuff like that were really cool. I really liked the Ubisoft shirts they were selling, and I was almost going to buy one. And then I went to go buy one, and they were sold out. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll get the cap. And I went back to get the cap, and the cap was gone too. You um, snooze, you lose. And yeah, absolutely. I'm not too upset about it, but. Um, I, like, it was fine. It wasn't like they weren't super egregious about it. It was like, and sometimes like, look, my 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 issue is not with the with the store. My issue is just with Ubisoft statue lost. Oh yeah, absolutely. But take I mean, away their three D printer. But people fucking like them though. I know we've grown out of that phase where we're like, oh, I need all the statues. I but mean, like, it's not so much growing out of it's just space, really. Well, that too. But like, it's people like them. They like having visual reminders of of their favorite games on to be able to pop on their shelf and have something nice to look at. And honestly, I don't, I'm not super opposed to it. It's not for me. I'm not going to go over there and buy a fucking Assassin's Creed Odyssey statue, but like someone might and good for them. It's cool that they had the option that to them, like, cause really you could probably only get them on the Ubisoft online store. So to be able to pick it up I mean, in person, and, and you can get them at VEB stores usually. Oh as yeah, well. yeah, true. That's not, that's a, that's a good They point. usually get heavily discounted like six months after release. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but again, if it's packs, you've been saving up your money. You, this is your, your big holiday weekend or whatever that you, you get to like, cut loose and celebrate all the things that you like about video games. I mean, what's the point? What's the, what's the harm? I, I did the same thing with, uh, I bought a keyboard. I spent 200 bucks on a keyboard and I'm like, yep. I, I went into the show going, 
I want to try and look at keyboards there and maybe get one. And I got one. I got it for a pretty damn good price. And yeah, like, I don't know. It's just, yeah, that's the beauty of packs. Everyone can get something out of it. Something different. Um, but yeah, uh, well, Xbox had their, like, uh, what was it? The PUBG section up, like, on a raised section where you could go play the war, war, whatever it's called. Front, I don't know. Warfront mode. Yeah, Some anyway. PUBG mode. <laughs> Some PUBG mode. Um, so that was kind of cool, and, like, their booth was quite nice. Um, the Hitman one was pretty interesting. So for Hitman 2, they had a little shooting gallery where you could shoot rubber ducks, which I thought was a nice touch, because the rubber ducks have got a bit of a synonymous <laughs> attachment to the Hitman franchise. Um, and it was set up like 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 a... looked like the front of, like, a bar almost you could go into. They were, like, slight, like um, swinging doors you went through once you'd lined up. They also had a barber there... That you could shave some time off the line by getting yourself a Agent Forty Seven haircut and a fake, like a, a you know, a temporary uh, what's it called? Um, barcode. Barcode tattoo. Uh, so you could get a you could get an Agent Forty Seven makeover and you could basically skip the line, um, which I thought was kind of fun. That's oh yeah, it. that's cute. And they had like a little, they had like photos on the wall at the front of it. I saw in the last day that was like nine or ten photos of people who actually went through with it and they've like put them up on their like wall of fame that's kind of cool um but yeah i I don't know what it looked like inside no Um, no, i didn't queue for it no no well when it came down to it right it was good the show floor was good mm -hmm. there's lots of good games there you could basically pick a handful of the big games to play yeah and that like maybe one a day if you wanted to if you're willing to queue for like 90 minutes to two hours. Except for Friday when we managed to knock out a whole bunch of them. I mean, well, yeah, we knocked out Smash a lot. Smashing, Smashing Kingdom Hearts? Yeah. Um, well, okay, so I want to hear your thoughts on one particular booth, but we kind of have to talk about what we've played in terms of that. So, I don't know, do you want to start off with, with that one? Just because <laughs> I want to hear your thoughts on, like, because you were pretty impressed by it. Um, the best booth was Sony's. Yeah, no, I meant like, but like a specific part of that Sony booth, the, the Resident Evil booth. Exactly. So, do you want to give us give us a rundown of our Resident Evil remake, Karen? Uh, two. Thank you very much. Resident Evil Two remake. Sorry, Resident Evil Two remake. Uh, so, all right. So, bit of bit of a story. We go back to E three. At E three, when this game was being demoed, they had a very nice setup uh, with like had a cop car, had a zombie in it. Uh, all done up to be like Raccoon City the Police Department, and I was like, that's awesome that's great when i heard that it was going to be at a pax i was like oh cool they'll probably have some demo sessions that have been the sony booth blah 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 nothing too fancy but i was pretty surprised to see they had not exactly the same uh but i did have up like obviously i guess i sort of had to ultimately because it is an r18 plus game of course so you don't want the the youngins getting their eyes on uh some poor corpse's half ripped open face yeah seeing all the gore in there it's pretty full on the guy that gets ripped in half under the door you can see his you know guts coming through Mm -hmm. so you probably don't want to see that so it was all sealed up in like nice little doors and done up like again it had its own sort of spit on the raccoon city police department which was neat yeah uh when you got to the front of the queue they gave you flashlights. Like, you got sent in, I think, in groups of three. And then, basically, it was really short. But it was nice. You, it was, like, a, maybe... I'm trying to think measurements-wise. Like, maybe a, a few meters down, you turn. And then you head back to head to the door at the other end of the corridor. 
I just so happened to fight. I heard about it from someone. I don't remember who I was talking to about Resident Evil. I think it might have been Cotter. Maybe it was Cotter. Yeah, Cotter, Cotter from, from Point and Click. Click. Yeah, he let me. He 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 tipped me in on it. Uh, but I had a feeling because I did see I, as I was walking past, I saw people getting flashlights. But uh, I I flashed my flashlight up at the end of the corridor. I had a flicking flickering one at first. Thank, of course, lucky me. Yay. Uh, yeah, pointed up at the corridor. And I saw like behind like some bars, like a zombie, a, an actor zombie. I'm like, ah, oh. ah, but uh, as the, I think it was the guy in front of me, or the guy in front of the guy in front of me went through the door, he lunged out at him, and he was just like, Wah. <laughs> so you know, a, a cute little jump scare. It really helped yep. you get in the mood for that that booth. That was the main reason I wanted you to queue for it, Joel. Yeah, I know. Trying to you sell were me out. Um, too much of a little baby. Well, here's the thing, though. Like you were saying about how you probably don't want to have that game on display and want to have it behind closed doors yes. anyway. Why not? Do something like that. And it, like you said, it was small, but like that's a really cool. cool thing. That's a really neat uh, addition, I feel. Like I said, it was very cool. And mm. uh, um, it definitely, it get, it reminded me a lot of the E3 booth because yeah. I, I know it had actors as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah. It was like, it was like a legit haunted house, I think. That yeah. One, yeah, yeah. So it was cool. And it was, it was, it was nice to sort of have that little, that little moment of atmosphere when you walk into, and then you walk, your reward is basically you get to sit down and play 15, 20 minutes of a sweet zombie game. Yeah, yeah. And how was it? It was amazing. It awesome. was easily, out of everything I played at the show, this was my favorite thing. Awesome. I cannot wait. January 25th, it comes out for PS4 and Xbox One, and I've probably PC, I don't know exactly. Uh, but yeah, so to set the scene, it was, I'm pretty sure it was the E3 demo. You played as Leon Kennedy in the Raccoon City Police Department sort of Entry and entryway before you, uh, pretty pretty simple demo really. You can have a bit of an explore, but ultimately your goal was to go and start solving a puzzle for a statue. If you knew the puzzle solution, you could probably get through it pretty quick. Right. <laughs> if you were pretty on the ball, but otherwise, like I was too busy, sort of just soaking it all in, sort of exploring every nook and cranny. I was gonna say, how are you? Like, did you, the puzzles come back to you pretty relatively quickly? Not or? really. It's been a while for me for Resident Evil oh, okay, Two. Cool. Like the most recent one I played was remake, the first one. Yep. Like two has been it's been some time. Uh, but yeah, like initial cons- like I've, honestly, I have had no concerns for this game. Like I remember there was rumors that it was ditching fixed cameras mm. and going for the over the shoulder stuff, and maybe I'll, uh, part of me was like, well, Resident Evil Four is not really scary though, and from there it just got less scary for, for the series, right? But they've done a good job of obviously re- like it's the, the corridors at least in this area. Like it might be different later in the game, but. The corridors feel so claustrophobic. Right. And zombies can sort of, like, I had one, like, you get, with the, with the headphones on, like, you could hear them around you, and you're like, I have no idea where you are. Okay. So instead of using fixed cameras, they're using more audio cues. Yeah, as well, audio, and, and just, like, sort of just focusing on the, uh, on, yeah, but just how closed in you are in the corridors and all that. Okay, and, like, cool. then a zombie comes around the corner, and you're like, okay, well, I'll use my gun and kill it. So it has, like, it does have, like, the Resident Evil 4 sort of style shooting where you ready your gun and then sort of aim and fire. Uh, Can you move while you're aiming? Oh man, I'm I'm pretty sure, but I actually don't remember trying. I'm I'm pretty sure you can. Yeah, it's cause, definitely because I know that was the thing about Resident Evil Four. Yeah, when like, you were aiming down the side, stuck in spot. Yeah. yeah, I don't think that's happening here, which is good. Okay, but uh, Leon, not a great shot. So, which is good <laughs> because that's part of in the survival horror game. You want to be, you want to feel a bit powerless. Yeah, and again, that's sort of where the franchise went wrong. Four was a nice middle ground because, again, I guess it helped have it being stuck in place when you were aiming. Uh, but from man, from five and six onwards, and you were just a tank. Yeah, and like I, didn't even matter. And the thing is, too, like you, if you put yourself in that situation, you would be under pressure. It's, it's his like, first day. Yeah, it's well, it's his first day, and 
also zombies. Yes. Which up until that point in your life, if you're putting yourself in the shoes of, of Leon, probably would never have seen like a dead corpse walking around with like its jaw hanging no. off. So that's like, oh fuck, I just want to kill it as quickly as possible. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, yeah that, that's cool. I but like the other that. good news is uh, zombies not super easy to kill. So right, okay. Uh, again, like it's just one of those. It's one of those little things. Like any other in the other latest horror games, when it became more action horror. You were so well armed; it didn't matter. You're like, there are monsters here, but who cares? Like, right. I'm not scared. Uh, Resident Evil Four again, like I said, struck a middle ground where at the start you were sort of like, oh, "Geez, I don't know. Like, this is creepy. This village is creepy. I'm not okay." Mm-hmm. But by the time you got past the castle, you were pretty armed. Your weapons were upgraded, and you were like, "Whatever, I don't care." Yeah, like this is no longer scary. Still, Lost Plagas is terrifying anytime they pop out. No, it's just flashbangs, no problem. But still, it was still like every time you the first you, one, yes. Well, not even no, but every time you do it, like you'd shoot, like take a head off an enemy, and you're like, "Don't do it, don't do it, don't." And you play like, flashbang, nah, pop it fuck. out, instagon. Yeah, regenerators, on the other hand, different story. Yeah, true. They they brought back some tension, having to snipe their weak spots. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the zombies. I think it, like most of my shots, and now there were mostly headshots with. We'll take like four to kill, maybe. Okay. With about two or three missed shots with, with Leon's shaky aiming. Right. Uh, another thing I like, Leon sort of sucks at running. Okay. Like, even his sprint is pretty slow. It gives you a bit of a speed boost, and he his breathing is just like... <sighs> <sighs> like, he's struggling. Like, he's having right. a bad time. So, again, there's little things that sort of help you feel, like, stay vulnerable. Do you know what would be really cool if they did, like, and it wouldn't deviate too much from the game itself? Like, if... Through the course of the game, yeah, it's his first day. He's starting out. He is like shaking like he gets hands. better. He gets not even not not even like massively noticeably, like just like enough for you to be like, oh, okay, this is. I mean, he's getting more comfortable with this. I mean, it, it sort of all takes place in one night. If anything, he's okay. gonna get, he's gonna get more tired. True. Okay. Like fighting off zombies for like the night. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so the demo definitely maintains that fear. Like it's definitely still scary. Uh. No real jump scares, but man, the gore is on point. This is a, this, like because I, I had because it was that the E3 demo. I had the moment where you try to grab the guy who's like under the door, mm-hmm. and then you're, you finally pull him through, only to find you got half of him, yep. and the zombie got the other half, and he yep. dies. And you're like, oh shit! Yeah. And I had the the cop whose radio's going off, and Leon Lee's going to check it out, and sort of just ends up peeling half his face up and going, oh god, uh... what happened here? I'm like, oh, that is that is graphic. Yep. But again, it's good to see Resident Evil sort of go back to that. Uh, no lickers in the demo. They're saving those, obviously. So that's going to be great when that first pops out. Can't wait. Uh, but yeah, just, it's strong. Like, this game looks really good. It runs really good. No real issues sort of with cutscenes. All the voices were pretty solid. Okay. Uh, brings back a lot of classic Resi stuff. So, because obviously it's in the 7 engine, it's got a lot of stuff from that that you might remember or seem familiar if you played that game. Is the voice acting really recorded or...? Or is it... Oh, yes, yeah, it's New Dollar. New so Dollar? It's not the same Resident Evil 2 voice acting. Cool. Thanks. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. Like, <laughs> check that in there as, like, a bonus for completing the game. You can play through it again with, like, the original That'd dialogue. be interesting. Oh, boy. It may not match, though, because re- it's... Even better. Because of how the game... How Resident Evil 2 worked originally was, like, the Leon... And oh, of course. Claire stuff was sort of, like, scenario A, scenario B sort of stuff. So, like, yep. I don't think they're doing it that way. I'm not, I, I assume it's going to, like trade off every couple of chapters okay that's how it but again it's too early to tell like they've been very close they've been playing their claire stuff close to their chest like we've seen some trailers recently but nothing too much beyond that right but yeah it looks real good 
Well, there's one more thing I was going to bring up, but I've forgotten now. Shit. Sorry, that? I'm sidetracking you with questions. That's I'm, fine. It's, I'm genuinely interested. It's that uh, uh, I, have, I I didn't really want to talk to you too much about it because I did want to try and ask you all these other things on the show. It's it's very good. Like, awesome. Like I said, easily like by by a country mile. Like like when I walked out of that so happy. I was, I wanted to queue up again, but it was it that so queuing for that that was a that was a task. Yep. Like when I got in the queue for me, it was like oh, it's a ninety minute wait. That's long. Like as I was about to go in, they like I watched them plop down the two hour sign. Yeah, and I was just like oh jeez. So many people walking past going, I want to play it, but two hours is, like, Expo Hall's 10 till 6. Mm-hmm. Like, that's two hours of that of that window. Is, that's a big bite to take. Yep. But, uh, yeah. Exciting to see Resident Evil 2 being realized in full HD. Yep. Crossing my fingers. This means Resident Evil 3 is next. Give them the same treatment. That'd be great. See what they can do with Nemesis and yeah, how exactly. awful they can make him look. Yeah, because that's that's there's, there's some things that are exciting in two that I'm very keen to see. And oh, so I was gonna say I was talking about like the classic things that came across. That's right. I was not. I wasn't padding. <laughs> I wasn't padding the podcast. Right. Until, yep. until, until no, my memory circled back around. No, it's fine. It was natural. You didn't yeah. have to point it out. It's yeah, fine. it's fine. It's all good. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So yeah, as I was saying. Uh, so it's got limited inventory. Okay. So it brings back that. So you get ready for some inventory management mm-hmm. uh, to a point where it's like you pick up, like things you pick up, You've I think it had like eight slots. Okay. Maybe 10. It was somewhere in that window. So it's just like, be careful what you pick up. And it has, so obviously because of that, it has the item boxes. So you're going to be going back to those. Okay. And typewriters are also there as well as your right. save points. No ink ribbons. So Okay. If you if you were hoping for those from the classic Resident Evil days, maybe it's on a. That, if it was in a, if like if there's a difficulty, difficulty, that would be cool. Yeah, it would be cool to bring back the ink ribbons for like higher stuff because like it like New Game Plus stuff even like yeah, yeah. Personally, I'm not a fan of them. Like just for vanilla play, mm-hmm. don't limit saves. Honestly, no. But I, I it, get I get it, but it's yeah. if it was like if it was like a specific like like a classic difficulty that would be cool to right. bring back ink ribbons and like okay. You have a limited amount of saves, so choose wisely. Right. But uh, apart from that, just so happy to have played it. It was really good. Awesome. Cool. Well, I've, uh, the other big budget games that I've played, we've both played, except for one. So I might quickly talk about the one that I played that you didn't. All right. Because um, it's not going to take very long either. Because, um, I mean, it's Trials Rising, so <laughs> it's Trials. Uh, and I don't mean that in a bad way, because it is really good. Um, it played really nicely. Uh, all the levels were really, really great, so... Trials, if you're not familiar with it, the, uh, the motocross sort of almost, I guess you could say, puzzle game in a way, because you've got to kind yeah. of... Yeah. It's not, because it's not really a racing game. It's no, like, there like, are racing modes and stuff as well, and you're racing, but even like, then, like, time attacks and things like that. You're trying to get good times, but... Uh, it's even, like, part platformer, really. Yeah, that's probably a better way to put it. It's it's, it's more of a platformer. Based on the, the, the Trials, like, bike riding series, it's actually, like, a motocross sort of... Uh, Discipline. Uh, it's really, really obviously they don't do stuff like they do an uprising and stuff like that. No, no, no. no. Well, I mean, so. I've seen some pretty crazy stuff. Some like I've seen some crazy stuff in the trials games. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so about that, like it, this one's set around like different locations in the world. Uh, and the demo, I find no one was telling me there was no real line, and no one was telling me to stop. So I just there were some confusing moments like that at PAX. Yeah, we'll touch I, on that later. I just played for like. 15, 20 minutes. I'm just like, I'm just going to keep playing. Um, they were running a competition where on a specific level, if you beat like the time of the, had the highest time of the day, you got a prize. Um, so I played that level a few times over. No one came over to check on me. So I obviously didn't do very well or no one cared, but um, yeah. So 
you had access to like a few easy ones, a few medium ones, and a few hard levels. Uh, and it was like a map. The, the map level select map is like map of the world, and you can zoom in and then sort of pick your location from there. Or you could zoom all the way out and see where the new ones have popped up as well. Um, they had three different bikes unlocked, and it would give you like a recommended. It's like eh, maybe I don't know if it's going to be in the actual game or whether this was just for the demo. But it's like you know this this bike might be the best one to use for this particular stage. I'm trying and to remember if, if Fusion did anything like that. I, maybe. I'm not really sure. I know Trials Evolution didn't. Um, I played a lot of that. But, uh, yeah, so, and the stages, I mean, they're really, really cool. They do some really cool stuff with, much like Fusion, um, stuff going on in the background. Uh, but they bring a lot of some of that into the foreground. So oh, okay. The one that sort of stuck in my mind after playing it was um, was two, actually. So there's one called Link's World. So the, the developers obviously read Link's, so this was like a theme park that they had that was their own theme park. Um, and so you were driving, you were riding across like roller coaster tracks and stuff like that. And there's a part where you'd like ride to, to go in a big like dip and you'd see a roller coaster track go underneath and off into a tunnel in the back, in the distance. And you're like, oh, that's really cool. And then like about 100 meters later on, it came back out of the tunnel just as I was going over a jump. And I went over the jump and just cleared it, and then the the the, the roller coaster car went through the gas, nice. and I was like, "Oh!" And it was just like heart pounding moments like that that really sort of added to the uh, the whole feel of the the game. Nice. And another one was called Mile High, which I think was the one they were running the competition for. Um, and you basically start off in a plane, but then the back of the plane falls out, and so then there's like uh, cargo like containers like hanging from like the bottom oh. of the thing. So you, you ride over those and then the last one you ride into like a, a cargo container that's like the safe end zone. So just they're doing some really crazy shit like that. Um I I if nothing else, I expect to to see more crazy shit. Oh yeah. In, from any new trials game. It's so much fun. Like I just and I'm so excited it's coming to the Switch. I'm absolutely see, buying it on Switch. Man, I was really hoping that subversion would be there. I was hoping so too. But I mean Look, we'll wait and see. I'm probably going to get it on Switch anyway, just because. Perfect Switch game. Absolutely, just and and like the, like, perf- it's the same as the other ones. The reload time is just like, oh, you fucked up. Yeah, just go back to the start. So button one button pressed, either go back to a checkpoint or completely restart the level. Nice. Um, so it's that perfect hook of like just one more go. Yeah, just one more go. It it, it just, just stops you from getting frustrated. Yeah, like, absolutely. Thank yeah. God, these a lot of these hard games like that, like that. You're going to die a lot on mm-hmm. like, It's good to have that quick respawn. You don't have that set, that time to dwell on it. Um, but yeah, like I, I just, oh man, it, it's so much fun. Um, so the levels are also being made about, uh, made by like a, a whole bunch of people in the community. Uh, and yeah, they, they've also uh, had like this team of like crack uh, trials players that are helping out. To sort of, I can't remember the name of the team that they've got. Um, yeah, I believe Jack Patillo is one of them. Actually, I remember seeing the presentation of the three. Mm, yeah, they so just, they destroyed that computer. Yes, yeah, I, I believe yeah, Jack Patillo from 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 Achievement Hunter is part of that because he's a massive Trials fan and um, he's huge. Yeah, there's an, a couple of Austra- one or two Australian guys as well. I think there is actually. the Australian guy actually was there. I'm pretty I mean, sure he looked familiar. I would hope. Yeah, well, like at, the, at PAX Australia, and he was like explaining it, and I'm like, I swear. You look familiar. I think I've seen you in that video. So, um, but yeah, look it, again. It's trials. If you if you played trials before and you liked it, you're probably going to like this one. Nice. Um, it's nice to see them. I guess take a little bit more of a grounded approach. I liked fusion, but yeah, 
it's nice to sort of go back very, to it was like, very futury, wasn't it? Yeah, that I was the whole so. setting of it. Yeah. Um, whereas like Trials of Evolution, they they sort of like oh now, and there's still like weird stuff that happens in it. I'm wondering if they're going to do another Trials mystery that they do they've done in the last <laughs> ones that because uh, I love though. I don't ever take part in them because I'm not smart enough to. But like I love those kinds of like in-game out like meta game sort of challenges that they do so <laughs> i mean i wouldn't be surprised mm, i remember like the, the trials evolution community engagement years. is huge yeah. these days you want to keep your gamers your, your players it's coming back and especially because and considering that this one is being partly made by fans and the community yeah. like uh so yeah I, I believe it's gonna have like a track editor and stuff in there as well uh probably a whole bunch of different unlockables not really sure but like that's, that's those are trial staples though exactly so i'm I'm very excited for this, and I enjoyed the 15, 20 minutes I got to play of it. And then I was like, no, I need to go. It was the first thing we, I played on a Saturday, because I was walking by and there was no line. I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to play Trials. Yeah, PAX 201, if you go past a, a game you want to play and you don't see a queue, get in there. Or a small queue. Yeah, just, like, just jump. It, let's go. Yeah. Um, cool. All right. Well, shall we talk about... Uh... I mean, I have one more one more big game that I played that you didn't. Oh, yes. Okay. Hit me with it. So that was... Uh... Devil May Cry Five, yes. Pull my Devil Trigger, Joel. Having having pull my Devil Trigger play in my headset while I was playing as Nero, killing monsters. Right, like this is the feel good game of January. <laughs> Believe, yes, yes. So so you play as Nero in the demo. Yeah. So the, the demo was the Nero demo. I'm not sure if the, if the Dante demo is anywhere yet. Right. I, we saw Dante at TGS, but. It's funny, actually. <laughs> Thinking on it now, that's two Capcom games that were like, look, there is a Claire side, there's a Dante side. We've seen trailers, don't know if it's been played yet. Yep. It's interesting to think about. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, played the Nero demo. It was, ba- like, if you've seen, like, the E3 trailer, it's largely set in that, that scenario. Okay. You fight through the streets of whatever city it is. And the final boss at the end of the demo is the big demon that yep. like shoots stuff out of its stomach that's been the demo that's been doing the rounds yeah yeah so he kicked my ass yep okay he, he cleaned me up it was like again it was it was at the xbox booth so i was on the xbox controller i think if you've listened to point and click we talked about it briefly with our, our western press time yep i don't know how to use that controller and i don't yep. know why it's not that different but it's enough of a blind spot that I have to be like, God, which button is which? I'm always looking down and looking back up and all Comes that. Comes up again later in another game that we both played. So Yeah, that's true, actually. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so gameplay-wise, though, it ran pretty well. Cutscenes all look pretty good. Man, I, the cutscenes look good. The animations on these characters. Yep. Oh, Nero's face is just spot on. Right. And getting back in there, like, I have no great... I don't hold any grudges, really, against DMC, Apart from Dante, like right. and his design and all that. Gameplay wise, I think it was okay. Yep. Setting and story, actually, you know what? Setting and story, I mean, a little bit iffy as well. It was okay. Yeah. It'd be okay. It was okay. So, it was yeah. fine. Okay, all right, okay. Well, agree to disagree. Yeah. But uh, I also, because I recently obviously have revisited DMC4 on PS4, forgot how much I loved that. Right. Because I remember, for some reason, I don't know why, I was like, I remember thinking, Nero sucks. It's like, I hate Nero. Yep. It's want to be Dante. Yep. But uh, after going back through DMC4, I was like, no, wait, Nero's okay. And then playing this, I'm like, no, Nero's, Nero's cool. I mean, okay. it helps Nero. So he's got his he's got his buster arm, which is obviously a big part yeah. of how his combat plays. In DMC4, he had Devil Bringer, which was sort of like a devil army could like lunge out and pull enemies to him. That was cool. It was fun. 
it's been mixed up a bit. There's in the in the very first trailer, someone clearly takes his arm. Okay. Don't know who. And now he's sort of got he's got a mechanic that sort of builds mechanical arms for him, like right. prosthetics that he replaces. Yeah. So he can hold a certain amount of those, and uh, there's a few different ones. I can't remember their names, but I know a couple of things they did. He does have like the grabby one is also there, where he can like basically extend it and pull enemies to him. He had one that was like a, a shock, which would just do like a big AOE shock attack. Okay. Uh, of course, there is also the one in the trailer that he launches off and flies around on. Oh, and did he ride like a fucking skateboard? Yeah, and he yeah. Like, does like, like ollies and stuff. That's so cool. That is amazing. So cool. Uh, but for me, like even though they're great and all that, a little hilarious feature I love. So, and I don't, I'm curious to see how they explain this in the full game, or if it's maybe this was just for the demo. So when you use all four, right, you got no arm. Okay. Nero's got no arm. Like, it's just gone. Right. And I really like that. It was just funny to see him, like, <laughs> running around with no arm. Now, throughout the demo, there were little, like, uh, like replenishment arms laying around. If that's in the full game, curious to hear the story about how that makes sense. Yeah. Well, because obviously, because it obviously works like ammo, so you're going to have to have some way to get I know, but how we can ammo it? back. How they justify, like, oh, yeah, here's a, someone dropped this Nero arm here. It's like, wait, does someone else have a robot arm? Maybe. Uh, yeah, it could be a demo-only thing. There might be a, a more logical way to Maybe re- Dante's to restock it. one step ahead and he's, like, <laughs> he's just dropping him for dropping him. Dropping him for him, like leaving a breadcrumb trail. I mean, Dante's pretty badass, so who knows? Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, man, like, combat was pretty on point. It was pretty smooth. Like, you've got your, obviously you've got your sword on one button, guns on another, uh, jump, all that sort of stuff is still there. Yep. I didn't get to pull my devil trigger, sadly. Oh. It was It was my biggest regret of that demo. Damn it. Like even like I died at the end against the boss, but my biggest regret was not pulling my tail trigger. Right. Uh, he's still like Nero still has like his his uh, rev attack where basically you can I think it's L two like he he can like rev his sword a bit, sort of increase damage. Uh, but man, Joel, like this game, I'm so excited we're getting a Devil May Cry five. First of all, yep. Like four feels so long ago. Yeah. And um, I was talking like the booth guy was like, "Are oh, you excited for this?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm pretty keen for DMC 5 I was like, "You big Devil May Cry fan?" I'm like. Yeah, man, I really like... I've been waiting since Death May Cry 4. I didn't want to rub in the DMC thing too much. I mean, he wouldn't care, but I would feel bad myself. I'm like, I just didn't yeah. care about DMC. Yeah. I've been waiting for this. And it's okay, because the guys from Ninja Theory have gone on a bigger and better yeah. so man, it's Hellblade. fun. Don't skip Hellblade. Exactly. Much better game. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely shaping up to be a game that I will not be skipping over. Awesome. Which makes March a very hard month. Well, I mean, I've got a lot of, of work to do before I can get to that, but, you know, we'll get... You do. You've got... You've got three good Devil May Cry games to play. Yeah. Skip two. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to have to. I was going to do it for wiki. content. I was going to do it for content, but... Read a wiki. Maybe I won't, but uh, we'll see how I'm traveling. But but yeah, all right. So uh, we've got three games. I've got three games here that we, we both play. Yes. Actually, four games technically, but we'll get to the other one later on. But um, did you want to go jump into those now? Or do you want to talk about any of the other ones that you played that I might not have? I think there's only one that you. There is one. All right, let's and let's you're, get you're this out of, the way. out of me. I am. Let's get this done. Let's get it out of the way. All right. So this game I actually tried a couple of times over the weekend. It is a game that I'm still very excited for. I'm going to I'm going to uh, emphasize that a lot because I'm probably going to sound negative talking about it, and it's not the game's fault in my in, like as far as I'm concerned. Okay. There are other things that working against it. That game was obviously Sekiro. Okay. Shadows Die Twice. The new From Software game being published by Activision. Its entire presence at PAX 
it was a trailer at the Xbox booth mm-hmm. and four stations at the Sony booth. Yeah. Now, and where they were located in the Sony booth was like it was weird in the middle. Yeah. So sort of you had to go into the booth past the VR stuff, and you would find them there, sort of in like an X shape. Yeah. It was like, yeah. You it was essentially like if you if you imagine like an intersection. Yeah. Of corridors, you were in the middle of the intersection. And that's where Sekiro was. Yeah. And when I first queued for it, it was it was strange. There wasn't really a queue at all. It was sort of like crowd around a screen you want to wait for. Right. And I don't know if it was like a... I, I think I did start seeing demos time out. Right. Like, because like, oh, I, I played it again on Sunday. And I saw some, like I think, time out, but it was hard to tell. I was back in a, so by Sunday, there was a queue. Yeah. So that made sense. Okay. I don't know what the time limit was on it because it was one of those weird things. When you're at a, a con like this playing games, especially if there's not a lot of monitoring going on time-wise, I don't know if it comes like a decency thing or you get... Re- like, I got really self-conscious playing this game because from software games are hard. Yeah. Obviously. Absolutely. Now... It's part of the appeal. It is. And this game was also quite hard. Mm-hmm. The difference being... Like, in the past, when I had Dark Souls 3 at PAX, first of all, I played the network test, so I was pretty... I was okay playing that. I'm like, you can watch my screen if you want. I've already done all this anyway. I'm not scared. Yeah. Apart from a dancer. She killed me. But <laughs> queuing for this was like, I've never played this game before at all. Oh, God, I'm go- this is going to be bad. And it was. Yep. I felt shame. Mm-hmm. I was shamed. Right. Uh, people were watching. I'm like, I, I can't. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Don't look at me. Yeah, lost, I, lo, lo, you know, knocked a couple of points off your From Software. My From Software credit is hurting. Yeah, I will have to go home when I go home tonight. I'll look at my platinums and be like, "It's okay, man. Like you got you got all these platinums. It's fine. <laughs> Just touch. Like, you're good at this. You're, you're good at these games, and you will get this game, and you'll enjoy it. But in the in that sort of environment, the demo just didn't work for me. I I kind of wanted to at least have someone say, "Hey, you've got 15 minutes. Like, cool. Mm-hmm. I'll spend like the first couple of minutes sort of getting to grips with it." Figuring out controls, because they're different enough where you want that time. And mm-hmm. to see the controls, you had to like press the options button and look at them there. There wasn't like a little cutout, which would have been nice. That would have been perfect. Because they did it for Dark Souls 3. Yeah, exactly. Two years ago, yeah. And that was good, even though the Dark Souls 3 controls didn't change that much. But yeah. Sekiro... For someone like me going oh, into yeah, it yeah, who yeah. hadn't played Dark Souls, they played Bloodborne, which is, again, Yeah, my main point... Different. My, my pe- <clears throat> point being that uh, Sekiro is different enough. Like... Okay. Healing's up on the D-pad now, which was weird for me. Uh, obviously, you've got a jump button. X is jump, not okay. sprint. So I'm just, that, that threw me way out. Yep. Uh, your attack's still on, like, L1 for your sword. R2 was sort of like your... your In this particular build, it was like the axe, the shield-breaking axe you've seen in the trailers. Yep. L2 was your grapple, and basically that would work if there was a point above you that was highlighted green. Mm-hmm. There's like a little circle cursor. And it would move around like points you were looking towards. If it was grey, you couldn't do it. If it was green, you could. And that would basically allow you like sort of just jump straight up there. Which yeah. was like, so you didn't have to aim as much. No, just no, no. Sort of, like, it's auto-targeting. Look, yeah. Right. Cool. And it's very cool. Like, it, yep. it felt nice. Kind of like, like in Spider-Man when you... Yeah, 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 exactly. And not as... not as that's, well, Spider-Man's... Phew, that's, that's a 10 out of 10. For I know, I know, I know. This, this is like From's first goal. I'm like, it was not great. Obviously, as all From Software games are. A little bit framey. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd love to say... Probably an early build, but as someone who's played my fair share, fair share of From Software games, I know that frame rate is like, look, our game looks nice. Frame rate might dip. Oh well, and that's fine. Like it's never, it's never been a huge issue. 
after Blighttown. Right. After Blighttown, I think that was like, they, they took a bit better care. There are still dips in like other From Software games, but nowhere near as bad as that. Yeah, hefty day one patch, where you, oh, Where you'd just be like, good God. Yep. Blighttown is obviously infamous, and hmm. Dark Souls Remastered fixed that. It only took them about nearly 10 years. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, but yeah, so game itself is still pretty solid. The controls, it just took a bit of grappling with. Right. I also happened to jump, like, I, I, I think my headset was muted right. when I jumped on. And I'm, it was a Sony headset. I'm like, I don't know how to unmute this. And again, I'm like, oh, am I on the clock? People are watching. It's fine. We'll just roll with it. Playing this game without audio hard. Yeah. Very hard. Okay. Couldn't hear enemies coming up on me and stuff like that, which was tricky. They do have little indicators, which is nice for stealthing around, because this okay. obviously does have stealth as well. I think pressing in left stick or right stick puts you in a crouch. And you can sort of hide in grass and stuff like that. And, like, it, it sort of works on a, a vision gauge. Like, as they see you, the longer they see you, it fills up. And then they okay. become alerted. Yep. So That's pretty, yeah, pretty, pretty standard. Yep. Yeah, nothing too fancy or new there. Uh, getting into the combat was tricky. Because, again, there's so much more to deal with. Of course. No longer are you blocking. Your goal is to sort of time your L1 deflect with the enemy attack. So both you and the enemy have this little gauge at the bottom. If that fills up you get stunned, vice versa if it gets filled up then they get stunned. Okay. Which opens up you to a pretty devastating attack or on them if they're on low health it'll execute or just a really heavy attack that'll sort of drain their health. On a lot of the weaker enemies it will be an execute and you kill them instantly. Is is this in place because is there a stamina bar? This is instead of stamina, yeah. Right, okay. Now, and that's different because on enemies in the past you couldn't see their stamina. Right, okay. So you were basically just operating this going, I'm assuming they have stamina. Okay. But it's from software, so who knows? Yeah, yeah. I get it. It's good to know that, like, you know, yeah. when you're doing well. Okay. And you can see it. So, like, you sort of know at all times how well you're doing, or in some cases for me, how poorly you're doing. I quite like that, especially considering if it's like a... They're sort of focusing on the fact that it's like almost like one-on-one battles. <laughs> yes, until you're in a group encounter, and then right. suddenly you are just shitting yourself. Yep, okay. <laughs> uh... It is also worth mentioning you do have like a dodge, a pretty good dodge on circle, so okay. it can get you out of there. And the running feels so good. Okay. When you pick up speed and like it's like in Dark Souls previously you would hold X to sprint. Mm-hmm. It was a bit clunky though. And obviously this one's gone. It's going much more. It's following. It's going further down the Bloodborne action route as opposed to the, the Dark right. Souls route. Okay. So the running is much more important in this. So that's it's good to have it be more to feel more fluid. Uh, You're speaking my language now. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to play this. And I'm... Just remember, Joel, uh, probably no no co-op. Yep. No gear. That's fine. No levels. That's fine. Like This this is the game Miyazaki wanted. This, the, get, the get good game. This is... That's fine by me. Cool. I'm cool with that. I'm I'm a little nervous, but I'm ready for it. Uh, yeah. I'm ready for it. It's like, look, I soloed Dark Souls 1. Yep. Hopefully I can do this too. I did most of Bloodborne myself. Yeah. Okay. Um... Fought a couple of big guys. I fought the big samurai with the, the, the heavy. Uh, I mean, I was. I don't know, I'm, I'm not going to get the weapon name wrong, so I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> but he, you know the guy. So he sort of had two diamonds in the top left, which represented yep. he had two health bars. Okay. So he was a he was tough. He he definitely killed me in my first demo pretty easily, uh, which is when I got to experience the die twice mechanic. Right. Unfortunately, I don't know if it was just like not great AI or a bad place to die, but the idea was the idea I've seen. Ex- used especially by Varty is when he died the enemies would sort of lose interest and wander sort of away this guy sort of walked over my corpse and like into a wall a bit and I was like well again I don't want to waste too much time on this I guess I'll get back up and then he killed me immediately again right uh but I was like oh, you're not walking away please do 
So that's the whole thing is like, you know, the idea would be like... That they think you're dead. They think you're dead. They can either walk away and you can use that time to retreat and recover. Exactly. Or, yeah, yeah. Or like launch a counterattack. Like when uh, they like turn their back. attack. Yeah. yeah. So unfortunately, I didn't get to check that out. But uh, so when you do that, though, like you are, if you die again after that, you're dead. Unless you, you know, perform certain obligations. Like this. I think it's like... If you get an execute, like if you manage to open up an enemy to that, it might bring it back. But again, specifics are a bit hazy. It might be like a combo meter as well. Yeah, as well. you have yeah. to do it. You have to do. It. It's not something you get back immediately. So that's sort of how they balance it because it does feel a bit of a, a freebie. Yep. But yeah, the fact that you've got to work to get it back is interesting. That's cool. Uh, second demo, I got killed by the big, uh, the enemies that are in Bloodborne. You know the ones that are sort of on your way to the cursed Greatwood. In the in the um in the bloodborne the the, the uh, oh no Dark Souls three sorry okay that's what I'm thinking about uh they're on your way to in the very bloodborne esque village okay yep yeah you know what I mean where it's got all the plague there's like yeah there's all yeah, the flies and stuff yeah 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 so there's big guys that sort of have their like hands sort of chained up yep yeah it's essentially those guys from Dark Souls three are back okay. in this game alright so I was like hey, look it's from this, this sort of happens yeah. this sort of happens all the time they reuse those enemy types well to be fair like uh, you know Dark Souls could be taking place in a different part of the world and this is in true. Like, feudal it's true. Japan yeah. kind of maybe I'm not sure it's all it's a whole weird thing I can't, yeah. I'm excited to see the lore stuff this does seem like a more traditional story yeah so I'm assuming more along the lines of Neo for this like the Neo was packed with cutscenes yep packed with story uh, but yeah so he killed me pretty easily slammed me into the ground it hurt I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna walk away. I'm still buying this game, but it was just not. I wasn't clear on how my what my time was like, and I, I it hurt me. It, okay. it uh, it's, uh, extreme like mental damage. <laughs> okay. So I just walked away. Still getting it day one. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, how about how about then we talk about a couple of games that we both played that I'm more confident with that we're super excited. Yes. About. All right. Let's go. Okay. Well, yeah. We could talk about those two in particular. There's one we played together that we were both like, it was fine. Should we just knock that out of the way first? Sure. Okay, we both played Rage 2. We both played it uh, on a PC. It was at the AMD booth. Um, I, look, I, it's fine. I'm excited for it still. I'm excited to do, to try out the car combat stuff, but we didn't yeah. get a chance to do that. No, it was, it was, a, it was a set mission. Yeah, so I, I'm looking forward to doing that. Um, so it was just like a pretty much what you see in the, the E3 demo uh, was what we got to do. Um, but yeah, what do you, what did you think? Well, first of all, this is a, this is a weird thing, a weird gripe. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Uh, so it was running on, the build was running on PC, mm-hmm. but we're playing on Xbox 360 controllers, which right. felt odd. Yep. I don't know. I, 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 again, as a, as a person who was an idiot with an Xbox controller, I don't think a one controller would have improved it. Yeah. It just felt odd to me. The thing that it didn't make, it, it wasn't too much of a problem for me with that. Like, it was also like, oh God, which button? But all those buttons, I'm like, I know which button they're talking about in terms True. of... It's like the reload button. I'm like, well, reload's always square. And yeah. it was the X button on it. And I was like, okay. Well, and like on a keyboard, like they might, you have to deal with more keys. So yeah. it might have just been easier to demo on a controller. But yeah, it, it was, I was honestly a bit shocked to see it there. I think so too. The other reason is because it's still a, it's a, it's a, like an alpha build or whatever. They were running it using the keyboard and mouse. So they obviously yeah. don't want to give people access to that shit. Because we did see someone get in trouble that's for taking right. yeah, they, photos. With their camera. <laughs> there, I, that's, it was the only time I saw it all weekend was mm-hmm. like someone came I was like, look, no, no photos, no video. Like we're not Which, recording this. And I, that's fair enough. I get it because it's, it's again, it's basically what you see in those E3 trailer demos and, and whatnot. But it had the HUD. It had, you know, 
mild cutscene stuff. So yeah, some dialogue. Yeah, so I get it. Like that's totally fine. Um, Gameplay wise, it didn't. It wasn't really what I was expecting. No, honestly. it it felt like moving around, running around, felt a bit sluggish and slow. I don't Absolutely. know if that's something that'll that'll improve with skills in the full game, but it was. I it's unfair to be like when I saw the trials, I'm like, oh yeah, Doom. Yeah, it's Doom plus Mad Max. Yep. It's not that, or it's not, not that. Not, that might change before release. I don't know. Um, yeah, I agree. But I tell you what, I still had a good time with it, and I'm looking forward to being able to play it on my own terms. Oh yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to sound like I'm down on this game. Like no. if nothing else, like the not even the aesthetic, like the, the wasteland stuff was kind of like, oh yeah, whatever. Yep. I dig. I dig the UI. Yes. I dig the UI and like the little like when you trigger overload. Yeah. The visual effect that plays out is just great. And you get that sort oh. of like, almost like Wilhelm scream of that yeah. sound. And you're like, yeah, that's cool. Before you just unleash on these enemies. Yeah, and that then, was great. Yeah. Um, and that shotgun. Oh, I am a fan of that shotgun. It's a good shotgun. It's a nice shotgun. Um, once I got that, I didn't use anything else <laughs> until I ran out of ammo from it. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to playing more of it. Um, it was just so, so happy. We've, we've been, I'd been looking for it all day. I'm like... Because that's it? the thing. There were a couple of games that were hidden away. Yep, uh, that was one of them. I I was going to try and play Metro Exodus, but it's it was it was like booth. nuzzled away in Nvidia, and I just forgot yeah. to go back there. And so yeah, like it was. We spotted it and we're like, screw it, let's queue. Yes, uh, was small, yeah, it so. was like the end of. Oh yeah, Saturday? it was like the little like literally like we got on. We were the last people to play. Yeah, it was, it was in a Friday, I think it was. As we left, was like the show floor was closing. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I'm I'm pretty interested. I'm def. It hasn't taken away from the fact that i'm excited about the game I'm... no no yeah it's just i sort of i hope i don't know i just hope you're a bit quicker on the final release yeah i hope so too or there's a way around it maybe yeah like um, you've got you've got like the dash on l on like the trigger to sort of which is almost like a, a slightly slower version of like traces dash yeah in a way um and then you've also got um your i can't remember what they called them the boomerang thingy oh you got the wing stick yeah wing which stick, is cool yeah. but then you've also got the other powers as well oh yeah you've got like you've got like, shatter yeah shatter and like a ground pound yeah which is really cool and like yeah the shatter's like the force push essentially yeah so you hold you hold the trigger to trigger those and press yep. i think it's well it's one of the buttons for the shatter mm-hmm. and an a was definitely the ground pound because i did that a lot <laughs> yes yeah the ground pound's fun like especially when you're above enemies there's that part where they're trying to break into the vault near the yeah. end of the demo and they're all there i'm just like I'm fucking superhero lunch, launching into this. Um, and then, yeah, you get in and just blast things away. I, yeah. It's just, it's good fun. I'm looking forward to it. I'm curious to see how it plays out in the full release. But, um, For sure. Yeah, demo was pretty good. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's do it. Let's get into the two the two big games that we played. That the we two both... games that when they, when they were confirmed, it's like, well, we are playing both of these. Yes. And we played both of these on... The first day. We did, yes. That was my main goal, really. It was literally like the first hour of us being on the show floor, we'd played both of these games. So, um, <laughs> so oh, oh, we should want to start off with, do you want to start off with Smash? Yeah, do it. Let's do Smash. Uh, we played Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, finally. Um, look, I'm, I was already, we're already getting this game. Yeah, man, it's it was no nice question. To just, yeah, it was nice to just play it and go, all right, cool. I was like, yep, it's Smash. It feels nice. You guys did me a dirty in our first match, and I wasn't happy about it. I didn't have I didn't have anything to do with that. Whatever. Thank you very much. I get it. You picked the new stage, uh, but it didn't work for me. Um, excuse me. I think you'll find that that was Broderick Ooh, that did that. Oh, sorry, Matt. I had no control over that. Because you know what? You all played as your boring old characters. Well, there was. Uh, well, I wasn't gonna pick fucking. I wasn't gonna have like Ridley off. You could have been Inkling, man. 
I could have, but I wanted to play as Bayonetta. I played Ridley, my boy. I, look, I, Bay- Bayonetta is like... Um, you're in a, you're, you're, well, it's, it's the E3 build still as well, so Sakurai hasn't nerfed her yet. Yeah, and also, but not even that, it's just her, her animations look really good in this. The game does, It man. does, yeah, it's true. But just I've just, noticed, like, looking at her animations and the way she moved around, I'm like, it looks even better than she did in fucking yeah. Wii U. So, um, well, how did you feel about Ridley? Now you, First match bad, because yep. I was just, I would... People would just bounce it because it was so it was on the uh the Hyrule Tower one, yeah. The the Great Plateau, yeah. yeah. So most of my time was spent being bounced inside the little indoor area, which yep. was not fun for me, yeah. But we we did queue a lot later in the day actually and just sort of charged for about another two or three rounds, and I felt much better then, uh, playing on more open stages because yeah, Ridley obviously is he's a bigger character. Mm-hmm. Stop with the two big jokes. He's in the game. <laughs> they don't matter anymore. He's in the game. Doesn't matter. You're all lost. Yep. Uh, but yeah, he feels really good. Like, he's not... He's a bit... He's sort of like... He's. It's hard to describe how he feels. He's not super heavy, like, say, a, a Ganondorf or, like, a Bowser or a DK type. Okay. He does have, like, the little sort of flap, obviously, like, because he's got wings. So, like, mm-hmm. uh, Pit and Charizard and all that. Man, I, at one point I nailed the down B, which is like the tail spike. Yep. Where it does like, it it, it zooms in. It's like, hey, you've just, you've you just nailed this guy. You certainly did master that because <laughs> you did it against me. Yes. And then the important thing is to follow that up with a smash attack and they're usually just gone. They're yep. dead. If you sweet point, yeah, just get the tip of that, you're set. Yeah. Uh, he's got a very satisfying down air, which is where he spikes down with his tail. Yep. I was sort of trying to get good at that as well. But man, I'm just so happy to have him. Like, it's going to be one of those, and again, in a demo situation, sort of just messing around with buttons, sort of just seeing what happens when I get that full game. Like, first weekend is just nothing but Ridley. Yeah. Well, nothing but whatever unlocks Ridley, and then nothing but Ridley. Yeah, true. Um, I Look, I only played the one match, because I was like, I had plans to go back and play it a couple more times, but I just didn't get around to it. But in my head, I was just like, I mean, I'm already buying this game. It's coming out in a month's time. I, I'm okay if I don't get a but chance. But now I've got to wait again. a month to play it again. Yeah, well, true. That's but a... I was like, I'm okay. Like, I'm I'm good. I've had it. I've gone hands on with it. I can say I've played it, and I'm very happy. I'm very excited. But now I just want to know about the rest of the game that we don't fucking know about yet. So don't be coming at me with this leak. Don't, no, we're no. Saying, we're sti- we're keeping our toes out yeah. of that. If anyone's that like, what did you? Th-? If anyone asks us a question on our next next week's episode, being like, what did you think of the Smash Bros? Like, don't just don't do it. We're not going to answer it. Because we're not looking at it. Unless it gets announced in the next week. Yeah, which... right, I mean, there's, a, there's, there's a, a big window of November before Smash comes out. There's a lot we don't know. We've got a, we've got a, there's a directing coming, I would I'm, say. I'm banking on a direct. Mm. But we'll, and I guess we'll find out more then. But uh, yeah, man, Smash Ultimate, like, on the GameCube controller, it just feels right. Yep. Uh, it really I, does. I did play some more later in the day on the Pro Controller. Yeah. The, the, the Switch Pro Controller. Right. Boy, I didn't know what any button did. <laughs> it's weird because it's sort of like... We were playing with a, with a few friends, and he's one of them sort of described it as, like, the game can control up, but, like, rotated a bit. Like, yeah. And it was just, like, it was enough to mess me up. That makes sense. When you when you explained it like that, because I, I didn't play with the, the pro controller, but when you explained it like that, I was like, that actually makes sense And it was, it was enough feel. to sort of throw me out. Yeah. But uh, that's when I really got to play as Ridley and enjoy playing as him. Yep. So that was good. Awesome. But, uh, yeah, man, I'm so hyped on this game. Anytime I was in a queue, I was like, can I see Smash from here? Excellent, just watching this. Yeah, well, watching which this was happening. lucky because there was a big screen playing. There was yeah. matches all the time. There was a big good. screen on one side playing, another screen on the other side. I mean, even the Nintendo booth itself had like the, the they had some tournaments there. Yep. So yeah, man. And the big mural as well. Oh, the, mural. the big mural. 
And that's not even so everyone. Good. Yeah, I know. I know. Look, Kyle, we're not getting into speculation over that. I just want that. When that's when the mural's finished, I need it. Yeah, uh, surely. Surely. I want to put up that. like a poster version of like hopefully like my Nintendo or something. I was going to say, my Nintendo would be the place to frame it, it, stick it on the wall. Which would be fucking cool. Everyone's here. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm super excited. I always was. This hasn't changed my views on it whatsoever. If not, it's made me like, yep, I'm ready for Smash. I mean, the big question still is like playing it in handheld, but I understand like the demo stages were basically set up to get people through. Yes. So yep. groups of two, three, or four. Yep, and which I get has it. been the way all year, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah It's yeah, been yeah. demoed. Um, and also, like... Same build as well. Like I said, it's the E3 build, so there was not any new characters. It was basically no. all the... A selection of OG cast. There were some ones that were sort of like... Like Snake was in it, for example. Yep, and Ryu and Bayonetta. Yeah, yeah. So there were some... some re- and Cloud, so DLC, yep. returning characters and all that. Uh, unfortunately, one of our friends, no Yoshi. No Yoshi. No Yoshi, he wasn't present. No Grandpa Negrol. Nope. Uh, but tell you what, man... Uh, Kirby feels pretty good. Really? Feels bad to be on the receiving end of Kirby. <laughs> Especially when it was the, the person in question playing them. Yes. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> like I said, my, my John, my excuse was like, can you come on, guys? All right, I, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, exactly. I'm still getting, uh, just getting a feel for the character. And you know what? I got my final smashes. Hey. I got some kills. They felt good. So that's the thing, because I, I, the, I, the only time I played, I guess that's what I'm upset about, is I didn't get to play with items so I could use the final smash. Well, the um, the glory had it as well. Did it really? Yeah, oh. they, were, they were a bit rarer, but I'm pretty sure I saw some. Right, okay, because right. I put off a few final smashes, man. Right, and I killed myself with a third one. <laughs> oh, really? Because like, so basically, Ridley's is like a dash to to obviously initiate oh, it. Oh, yep. And I was facing the wrong way, and it's like, cool. Off I go. I'm like, oh, goodbye, Ridley. <laughs> goodbye. Tell my story. Um, cool. All right, smash. We're both big fans, obviously. So, um. We'll, you'll hear us talk about that some yeah. point in the future. Yeah, well, like just over a month. Yep. Um, the other game that we both played pretty much directly after this was Kingdom Hearts 3, Kyron. It sure was, Joel. Kingdom Hearts 3. Oh, boy. So there was two demos. Yes. You could play Olympus Colosseum, which was basically a boss fight against the um, the Rock Titan from, yep. from Hercules. Yep. And the second one was the toy box demo. Have a guess which one I played. Olympus. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, you you okay. hate Toy Story. Yeah, I hate Pixar. Yeah, no, you especially hate Toy oh, Story. Oh, I feel dirty even just joking just see, about it. There you go. I'm, yeah. glad, I'm glad I'm on the record saying that on the podcast. Uh, Everyone here heard it. I feel dirty just saying that. It's gross. I don't like it. Yeah, um, it sucks. No, of course I played the toy box. <laughs> I like got like so happy. When like you were in Andy's room. It was in Andy's room, and then like when you get to the initial part, it does like the when you go to a new world for the first time and you get like the, the splash screen of the world and it's playing, you've got a friend in me and I'm like, this is the fucking best. And then I got to go around and hit things with a keyblade and do magic and have Buzz and Woody fighting with me. It was the fucking best. I loved it so much. It was great. Even though there was a lot of cutscenes and I didn't skip them, but I didn't want to. There's a lot of cutscenes. When I, when I, cause I played it again later in the day, I skipped all those cutscenes yeah. and got but got through both demos comfortably. Again, I had intentions of doing that, but I didn't get around to it. But there's one main reason I did it. But we'll, I'll let you talk a bit more about Toy Box first. Yeah. So, but basically, uh, it's you start off in Andy's room. Andy's not there. Neither's Molly or his mother. They've disappeared. Mysteriously missing. Mm-hmm. Presumably because of the organization. Along with some of the other toys in the room as well. Like, uh, I think the Slinky Dog was mentioned. A whole bunch of it. The other the other regular cast you would expect to see. But the ones that are left over are uh, Buzz and Woody, Rex, and 
Ham. Ham. And the Army Men. And the Army Men, yes. Which is awesome. I love the Army Men. Uh, and yeah, I love the design of uh, Sora and Goofy and Mickey's. Their toy forms are very Their cool. Their toy forms look awesome. Um, the whole thing about like, it seems like in that universe that uh, someone who looks very similar to Sora is uh, like a video game hero. And that Rex is a big fan of them. Yeah. So it was Zora. Yeah, it was Yozora. Yeah, Yozora. That's it. Yeah. Because Rex also name drops like Bahumat and a bunch of other that's like right, yeah. Square Enix staples and stuff. I was like, yes. Hearing Rex talking about summons, I was like, yeah, boy. What do you think of the soundalikes for Woody and Buzz? I really liked them. I was worried about them, um, but I did hear the thing. At the, the I think that the, the the story that anytime that there's a like a um, Tom Hanks like cameo part like a disney pixar thing like to do with toy story or whatever in particular um his brother so, does... so they, they did those shorts as well yeah exactly his brother does the voiceover for woody okay and that's why i was like yeah it it sounds right and there were a couple of times where he got like the tone really like really perfect and i was like yes this is what i want can i also just say like the detail like at one point like it gets real close and the woody's got like a chip on his chin yep it's like, yeah. And even like when he looks like there's a part where, oh, this is what got me oh, to. Oh, yeah, I never thought you were When say. they're talking about like. Uh, I'm looking at him right now. Yeah, I know. Like Andy's like, uh, they're saying, um, Woody's saying like, you know, Andy and Molly and, and, and Andy's mum haven't been here for ages. We don't know where they've been. We need, we've just been waiting here for them to come back. And he sits down and picks up his boot and looks at the Andy on his foot. And I was like, I've seen Toy Story 3. This is too much. I can't so, deal. I'm curious, actually. The Kingdom Hearts games with their Disney worlds, right? Mm-hmm. They're usually set in certain points. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out... I'm trying to pin down where this is set. I would say... Buzz and Woody aren't at odds, so it's not really... Toy, it can't be Toy Story 1, right? No. There's also the mention of, like, Jesse or... Maybe it's in between Toy Story 1 I was going to say, one, in between 1 and 2, maybe, I think would make the most sense. Um potentially if we do see Jesse at a later stage, but I don't know if we will, but I, I think she between... I'm one and two. Yeah. I think between one and two is probably the best bet. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's a really good point. I'd be interested to Just because they, they normally, like, you can you get to a Disney world, you're like, cool, I'm like, I'm playing through Aladdin. And they're like, oh, we've got to go to the cave. And when is that? Well, it's the start of the movie. Like, you know. I oh, know, Jafar's become a genie. You better stop him. And yeah. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. Um, but I couldn't pick a part, like, a, a point for this one. Yeah. And it's definitely not leaning towards Toy Story 4 because... Well, I mean, Toy Story 3 spoilers. <laughs> kind don't don't do this to me on the show. I can't. <laughs> I don't want to break down on the show. Um, the Keyblade, I really liked. It's a really cool design Keyblade. And I only say that because I got a photo, hold, multiple photos holding said Keyblade you in can, real life. You can find it on our Instagram account. You can. Dialogue options. Uh, I fucking, I saw that when we were lining up. I'm like, kind of have the Keyblade. They have the Toy Story Keyblade. I'm just a bit bummed of it because I had like the little, the, like the blocks as well, the, the toy blocks, yeah. and it was like three HK. I'm like, yeah. come on, guys, you have yeah. one job. I'm to read it from the bottom up. No, that's not how it works. If you're upside, anyway, um, yeah, and then uh, so I, again, because there's a lot of cutscenes, I did get to the just get to the the. We should talk about the, the, the foot combat first. The oh, okay, yeah, it's true. So it feels really nice. It feels more akin to like controls wise to Birth by Sleep in a way. Well, but it's like a mix. You haven't played it yet. It play it plays a Dream Drop Distance is the best comparison. Okay. All right, because it has a lot of the trappings of two, mm-hmm. but a lot of the bells and whistles from uh, 
but I said like it's got shot lock for example yeah. like, so that shot locks where you hold down R1 or I guess the shot right bumper yeah because it's bumper and trigger right yeah see I know Xbox controllers I'm fine uh, you hold down that button and basically it brings up like a targeting reticule and you can sort of aim around at enemies and it will like count up numbers as you hold on them mm-hmm. and then you can press a button to fire so that was in Birth by Sleep and it's in Dream Drop Distance and it's also in this but it does also have a lot of the agility that Kingdom Hearts 2 has. Yes. Sora feels pretty agile. Thank God. Mm-hmm. I love it when it... And even like little things like running on walls and stuff now. He's got all those abilities. Dodge and... Dodge wasn't locked behind a fucking drive form. So that was nice. I can't talk about a lot of things I want to... But I want to be like, well, Sora didn't this, but you haven't finished Dream Drop Distance. I'm so I can't sorry, Garen. Could uh, it be a cowboy? But yeah, the combat felt really good. And, and it was like... You, I just slipped back into it naturally. Yeah. No, not... Yeah. No, it was just, like, uncomfortable. But one thing that was sort of, like, getting a handle on, actually, was, again, it's sort of a thing that Birth by Sleep had, where as you fight in that game, you feel like a gauge. Yep. And like then you could trigger, like, an ability, and that sort of changes how you fight. Mm-hmm. This also had that, but it looked a bit different, and you had branching paths. Right. So, again, in the Olympus fight, you could trigger, like, second form. Okay. And then after that, you could, like, trigger, like, a big ability up like static explosion or something like okay. that uh but in the toy story one there was a bunch of different things like you, yeah you could trigger like what looked like summon or even they weren't summons because summons had their own menu mm-hmm. they were disney rides yeah i i this this fucking i know i've seen them in the trailers and i knew that they were a part of the gameplay but just activating that for the first time activating the teacups the teacups yeah Fuck me. I was just, like... Just bouncing off of the walls and just tracking down enemies was great. One thing that I like, uh, that I get just as excited about, like, as video games and, like, Disney stuff is, like, theme parks and rides. And the fact that, yeah, it was the fucking teacups and the pirate ship. And I'm sad I didn't play the Olympus one. To yeah. that fucking yeah, Big the, Thunder Mountain. Yeah, Fat Thunder Mountain. Oh, God. The Big Thunder Mountain train. I was like, I remember, God. I remember being concerned watching it in the trailers initially going, oh, how's this going to work? But thankfully, the train stop is... It's on rails. Uh, so you have no control over your steering there. And that actually was, that's what I wanted. That was yeah. perfect. And you would come around on the, on the Titan. And I think it was, oh, two was like fireworks to, yep. to do damage to sort of stop it attacking you. And then you do like a big finish on it. Yeah. The finishes are so flashy, man. Holy oh, crap. So and like, good. this, like, I played the demo I played through both demos once in full and like half of the Toy Story one the first time. Yep. There's stuff I didn't do. Like I got to use an ability with Goofy. Right. Which is like Goofy Toss where you sort of do a bunch of combos and then he attacks and bounces off and you jump up and catch him. Oh. And sort of like throw him back down and it was great. Do a fucking like Advent Children. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Oh, There's like yes. lots of little action, like th- things like that. Uh, there was a Donald one. There was one where I summoned this huge tower that shot like, like a ray of like a laser of light in circles going outwards just doing massive damage it was like i think that was a, a finisher for one of the, the things you could trigger okay maybe donald because like there was a donald thing i don't remember much about like it got a huge magic staff this game is insane yep there was the rocket from toy story one I'm sad i didn't it fucking do so that good like the basically one. how it worked was you would press the button to sort of like to spin the flare at the enemies as you hit them. Okay. And then the finisher was, of course, you jump off and launch it straight at them. Oh. And it just explodes in fireworks, and it was so good. Falling with style. I know. Uh, this game, man, I... Oh, God. 
I'm culmination. Almost, I'm almost sad that I have Red Dead to play because I really just want to power through the I other know. games to get myself hyped. I know. But save that hype for like December. Yeah, so I think that's yeah. Christmas time. It's going to treat get, myself get, to... Get some jolly Kingdom Hearts vibes on. Yeah. It was get, great to sort of like sort of touch base with Cotter from point and click as well and just yeah. sort of <laughs> get hyped on Kingdom Hearts. Like, like, it was <laughs> just magic. Yeah. it was That game is magic. Um, that's fucking... what the, the badge said like hashtag Kate. KH3 Chef and Magic. I believe yeah. it. We, well, I, I believe we are currently magic. sharing the magic. I believe the magic. Oh my god. It it seriously <laughs> there was one point I was playing it and I was I think it was just after you see the splash screen, like you've got a friend of me he's playing, and I'm like, fucking the biggest grin from ear to ear. And like like happy tears welling up in my eyes. And <laughs> one of the women from the women who were running the booth came around the corner and she's like, Someone's got some big smiles here, and I was like yeah, like showed him my tattoo on my you hate ankle. Toy Story, though. We discussed this. I don't. I really don't. Are you it's told me that was favorite. a lie. Toy Story Three is one of my favorite movies of all time, um, because it breaks me every goddamn time. Um, but uh, yeah, and as you said, I've got my collection of Toy Story toys up there. My, they're my boys looking out for me. Uh, um, but yeah, I'm trying to think. Do we want to? Do I want to talk about? Uh, do I have a complaint, or do I talk about the last thing that I well, I was skipping through the cutscenes to get to? Pick. Do the complaint, we'll finish on the, the skipping through the cutscenes. Okay. Yeah. So, and it's not it's not a huge complaint. It's not even a thing I should really be surprised about. There are a lot of cutscenes, and it's still got a lot of those problems with, like, writing and stuff from yeah. previous Kingdom Hearts games. And yeah. I shouldn't be surprised, because even though there's been such a big gap between two or three, mm-hmm. two and three, they haven't stopped making them. So, and the, the cutscenes, sort of, how the stories play out, hasn't really changed. Yeah. So things still feel weird and... Slightly convoluted. Yeah. yeah. I saw one part of, like, when I got to the toy store and I'm like... That was, a, that was the part I was most interested in, but I was like, I'm going to skip you to get to where I want to get to. I'm like, is that the, the, the first Xemnas? All right. Play Dream Drop Distance. Okay, cool. Yeah, it, it won't be. It's not going to be explained. But <laughs> Nothing ever gets explained. You will have an idea of where the story is heading. Okay, all right. But as I said, that's that's probably the biggest complaint I've got. Honestly, like the rest a, a of little bit framey too. as well. A couple parts. Oh, yes, but, actually, yeah, yeah. But again, I think it was it was an old build. Yeah, which I, I'm I'm hoping that they'll smooth that out because the other. I mean, there were remasters that I played, so I can't really com- sort of compare, but. Love it. Well, other gameplays look pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. I'm, I'm gonna assume, like, and oh, there's still some. It, again, this is just a Kingdom Hearts issue against big enemies like fighting the Rock Titan. Camera's still a bit tedious to sort of wrangle mm. and do, like, make it do what you want it to do. And then you finally have to do what you want it to do, and it does it too much, and you're like, yeah, oh, I mean, God damn it. and yeah, then you fall off, and you're yeah. like, oh, I guess I got to climb back up there. Yeah. So that's still a bit of an issue. But you know what? I don't, I don't really care Whatever. that much. Whatever. I've got to just be sore. Like, man, seeing his Kingdom Hearts two outfit in that in the Olympus demo. Yeah, I was just struck. I, I was motionless from nostalgia. <laughs> struck down. I was struck down. I couldn't deal with it. Uh, but the main, like, the reason I was skipping the cutscenes was because obviously in the toy box demo, there are mechs. Yes. And I was like, the first demo, I didn't get to them and it hurt. Yeah. I didn't get to them either. So the, I got to just before it. Yeah. Mm. So the second demo, I'm like, screw it. I'm going to skip the cutscenes to get to that point. And it was worth it, man. The mechs were so fun. Yep. You had like, so you had like a, a range stack on R2. You could dash into enemies. You could punch them. Obviously you had like, if you got close, you could like detonate something. I think it must have been mines or something. Right. But uh, just so many combat options. And if it, if it took a lot of damage, you just jumped out. You just beat up another one and jump in that one. And so they were easily replaceable. It's just like it was a 
sort of like the, the Kingdom Hearts fights haven't changed much for this. Sort of like just beat waves of heart loss and then move on. Hard to say for world design yet. We haven't seen much. The the area from Annie's room to like outside was quite large and gorgeous. Yeah. Oh my god. Good god. Just absolutely stunning. Like. Oh, I, know, God, I, I love it so much. Another cool thing I liked actually is, again, you couldn't really take advantage of it in the demo, but you can swap keyblades out. Yes. On the fly with left and right of a D-pad if you have attack highlighted, which is nice. Mm-hmm. I tried out one summon. I tried Ra- Ra- Ralph. Yep. From Rocket <sighs> Ralph. Sad I didn't do that. Sort of where you just plopped in all the blocks. Yeah. And then like detonate them all. Yeah. Very cool. Very fun. And the way he comes in, if you've seen the trailers, is just... It's so it's on it's brand. It's perfect. Yep. This game, it's just going to be so much fun. I don't, and I know it's going to have bad writing, and the story's going to be confusing. It's going to be a mess, but I'm so excited for it, and so sad it comes out like four days after Resident Evil Two. It's a beautiful mess. It is. It is a beautiful mess. I That's finished, the best way to describe Kingdom Hearts. The good news is because it, it must have been like a 15 minute demo they had you going yeah, for. Yeah, I think it was about that. Yeah, it's so 15. I because I skipped all the cutscenes on my second demo. Um, I got to the end of it, obviously, and went back to the menu. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to sit here and listen to Dearly Beloved. Yep. Just going to soak in call. soak in Dearly Beloved and just let it ride. Good call. I, I know I called Resident Evil 2 the feel-good game of January. What did I call it? Was it that? Yeah. Kingdom Hearts 2 is also the feel-good game of January. Yeah, that's going to be the, the, the legit feel-good. Maybe. Just, oh, God. Two feel-good games of January. Don't miss them. Jesus. So another big part of, uh, of PAX is obviously the PAX Rising section, which is the indie section which is where I spent probably 75% of my time. Um, it, it became it came to a point where I was just like, I would be out of a game I'm playing. <laughs> I would message Joel and be like, where are you? And either he would respond to me going, I'm at Indies. Yeah. Or I'd be like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to walk down to Indies yep. and see if he's there. And, and bam, there you were. And if I, I didn't reply, it means I was playing some indie game. At the um, Indies booth, yeah. Which is very apparent from the fucking mammoth list of things well, I mean, that we I didn't play. really give it the time when we talked about the boot the stuff at the start, but... Pax Rising was so good this year. It really was. And it was like front and center. Like you come yep. in through a queue hole. Yep. Pax Rising right there. Yeah. And it was like spaced out really nicely. Um, we One of the developers we talked to was one of the only like American developers that were there. Um, he was saying about how it's really cool that uh, like the space that we had in Australia was so big and open and welcoming. He's like, he was talking about his experience at Pax West where he felt like it was just a corridor yeah of indie games um which is really bizarre considering those shows are much bigger than ours so and i guess i don't want to say this is the definite reason but when you think about it like we get we definitely have a lot of indie stuff over here because obviously a lot of game developers in australia yeah have to be indie absolutely yeah like there's no like there's not many major studios to go work for in australia but also in america all the triple a's are there yep and they would be like, PAX is huge. So they yeah. like, show a lot of big games. They yeah. even have like, a lot of the big publishers have panels over there. Yeah, of course. And Australia, like, PAX brings big games over, which is great. Yeah. But indies have a huge presence. Yeah. And, well, I mean, Devolver had a panel there. Yeah, they had exactly. a booth as well, which was really cool. Um, Sony had a, was it Sony? No. No, there was a, there was a, uh, Square had a presentation for Just Cause. Yep. So like, stuff is happening, but like, still indies are like, all the back when stuff. PAX first started, like, Remember when the one of the, the pools was like, "Hey, come look at the Xbox console, Xbox One in a case." It's like, That's "Are you right. kidding me?" Yeah, Are you kidding me? Yeah, but uh, so indies have always sort of been like they're huge, yeah, and the crowd sort of reacts really well to them, which is awesome. Absolutely, because I mean, there's for for one thing, there's less queues. 
Yes. And, it's more accessible. And that's not because they're not popular. It's just because people just wander through and sort of look at stuff yep. and go, oh, I'll stand here for like 10, 15 and usually someone will be done playing and then it's swap through. Yeah. And it's it's also my favorite part because you get to talk to the people yes. who make the games. Yeah, they're, exactly. they're there with their games. Yeah. And because it's their game, they're fucking hyped to talk about it and they want to talk about it with you. Yeah. Um, and we do have a few interviews today uh, on the show, which will, uh, when we get to those games, you'll be able to hear those interviews uh, with those wonderful people, which is great. Um, but yeah, so uh, let's just jump into it. So out on the on the concourse, there was a, a section called uh, the next exhibit. Yeah, PAX Next Exhibit, um, which is uh, part of like uh, Ali McLean. Or it, was McLean. Like, it, was like, it was like an initiative they did. Yeah, sort of. part of her. I think that's part of Working Lunch, which is her sort of her program that she's doing to get uh, more women noticed in the industry, which is fucking awesome. Um, and, and this whole exhibit was all about like showcasing games that maybe aren't getting as much of a spotlight as they like, you know, I wish I'd played more of them. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. I did read up about a whole bunch of them and they all sounded really fantastic, but there was one in particular that I was very excited for. Um, in because, our, in our pre-packs hype episode, we were like, yeah, emphasize how excited we were. This was like a must. And, um, it, it's a game that I backed on Kickstarter and that is boyfriend dungeon from kit fox games um so i got to play it and i sat down and played through a bit of boyfriend dungeon and it's exactly what it says on the box it's part dungeon crawler part dating sim and it's fucking great i am so excited for it the dungeon crawling stuff is simple but it's fun and it's still like engaging and it's like it's nice to have like a, like a I, I guess like a more interactive element to those dating sims i'm yeah, always yeah. a fan like with dream daddy with the uh the mini, the games. mini games and yeah. stuff like that so it like it mixes up the just clicking through and reading stuff, which well, is fine. Because well, but... like visual novels are they're picking up steam. They're becoming a lot more popular. There's oh, absolutely. a lot more coming out. And it it really helps to sort of like I, I don't want to harp on it too much, but last year we loved Doki Doki Literature Club. Yes. And I'm a big fan of stuff like Mononary games and yep. Zero Escape and all that. And yep. Visual novels, it, you pay, it pays to stand out. It pays to have something that makes you sort of unique. And, you know, obviously Doki Doki had its had its thing, which even... To, I don't want to spoil it in case yeah, you haven't played it. Yeah. Uh, the Zero Escape games have, like, the escape room stuff, where it's yeah. like solve puzzles in the environment and all that. And this has dungeon crawling. Yes. And it sort of helps it... It's like, well, yeah, it's a visual novel, but it also has this. Yeah. And uh, so the basic way it works is, like, the, I jumped in, you, know, you pick your character, um, you pick which pronouns you would like to like your, your, your gender pronouns you would yes. like to be referred to as so it was like uh uh he and him she and her and uh them and they uh, i think is the, the the general the three options you had to choose from which is really neat um and i think there's another emphasis of, of this game as well their dev their dev team is very very diverse um, and I think that's something they wanted to carry across yeah, even, the game. So even the dating options were diverse. Like you, you picked a gender first of all, or character really. But yeah. They had obviously the genders. I, I'm assuming maybe you'd be able to like. I'm assuming I bit. assume there'll be a lot more in the full game with that yeah. side of things. And um, obviously the blades also, all your weapons you can date come in a lot of yeah. different forms as well. Different forms. There's, a, there's, I mean, it wasn't playable, but there's a cat. So it's cat. like a platonic relationship with there's a cat. A, there's that a you cat. Have. <laughs> the, the, it's, the weapon is a pair of brass knuckles, which is awesome. Yes. Um, but yeah, I picked the uh, Valeria, I think the her name Valeria is. Valeria the dagger. Um, and yeah, she's a dagger. Which I'm not sure if it's intentional, but I mainly thought of like Valyrian still daggers from Game of Thrones. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Like, actually, it's a good point. Um, and yeah, so 
I jumped in. I had a chat with her and talked with her a little bit. Um, had some funny interactions. The writing's really good yeah, already. Is. This is a pre-alpha build, um, and it's already like, I, if this keeps up to this standard, it's going to be really, really fun. Really, really fun. Um, but also, there was a. Uh, once you got through that, it was like, oh, maybe you know, you mentioned something about dungeon crawling or something like that as well. So you, um, you talk about uh, you, you have a chat with them and stuff like that, and they're like, oh, maybe I'll you know, maybe we'll go for a. Go for coffee at the dungeon, basically, or the dunge, as they refer to it as. The dunge. The dunge, which is, um, the dungeon is a shopping mall, because it's in just like a, 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 like a town, um, in like California as well. Um, and yeah, so you, you go to the dunge and you go through and you dungeon crawl, it's all this sort of stuff. Um, at one point I found like, what they call, I think they called it a hangout spot, which was like an ice cream stand. And basically, if you go there, it's like, would you like to stop at the hangout spot uh, at the ice cream stand? I'm like, yes. And then you go into back into the the dating sim, like pick your answers, have a conversation with the person, um, and then yeah, you go back to the dungeon crawling, going through, and then eventually I died, and it was like, oh cool, you've leveled up, you get rewards, you get like money and experience. Back to the dungeons for a second. Okay, what were the potions, Joel? Oh, the potions were uh, bubble tea. Heck yeah, they were. Uh, and also the spells that you had were zines. Uh, like, like on, like, on, on brand. On yeah, brand. and I'm like, this is so fucking cool. Going to a mall, you're going to get zines, you're going to get bubbles. Yeah, get, like, it's so, it's so, like, indie hipster wanker, and I love it so much. It's my favorite. Um, and then, yeah, at the end of it, too, it's, um, you, you got, like, uh, like, love points, I think they were called, but it was basically, it's like, select which, which weapons you want to share your love with and you can like level up all the because you can switch weapons at uh after each floor you can switch weapons out so if you're like dating one you're like you know oh i want to level up the other one because it's going to be either it's going to help me fight an enemy in this room or yeah i want to just put a bit more into them um you can do that as well i also found another weapon you did i found the uh the definitely not lightsaber i think it's called the the, the energy sword or something like that it's something completely original yeah super original um, and that they were called Seven. That character's name was Seven, um, who was like uh, a singer in a K-pop band. Uh, it seemed very uninterested in me. So good. Um, of course, he seems uninterested in you. Yeah, to win him over. I know that's right. But uh, yeah, it's and like there were like like things that were alluded to like overall stories with each character. Like with Valeria, there was a guy that came over and he's like, "Is everything okay?" Like this shady looking guy. And she, he's, she was like, "Yeah, no, it's all fine." And then you're like, "Well, who is that?" And he's, she's like, "Oh, it's just." Uh, Someone, a part of my employer or something like that. And you're so like, so hmm. presumably these will operate like social links. Exactly, yeah. Um, but man, I'm fucking in. Yeah, like, I was, I wanted to play after you, but it was very popular. Like, a lot of times we walked past it, there were people sitting there playing it. And I was mm-hmm. like, I just watched the whole demo, it's good enough. But um, yeah. as soon as there's a demo out, or heck, even the full game, I'm in on this thing. Like, oh, for sure. I didn't back it like you did, but I'm in. Yeah, this game is, looks so good. And I, that's just a that's just like a, an early build. Yeah, I'm, that, that's what I mean, and that's the thing—the level of polish that was in this like tiny little vertical slice of the game. Oh, and the music—the music was so good, like lyrics and everything. Yeah, just I yeah, it's this game's gonna be special. Um, th- this is gonna be uh, next year if it comes out next year. I'm, I'm assuming it might. I'm hoping it will. Um, anyway, good work, Kit Fox. Like fucking a, absolutely good work, Kit Fox. But like, if it, whatever year it comes out, it's gonna be on my list. Come the end of the year, I guarantee you. It's just I know you heard it here first. I look, I I will be very surprised. It will have to take up like ten other game, like very, 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 very good games to topple it. I think it's just 
I am, um, I'm so in on this, but, uh, yeah, so Boyfriend Dungeon was amazing. Uh, I also played, uh, just a couple of little ones that I played here and there. I played Neocab, which is like a, uh, kind of like a noir story almost, where you were like a cab driver in the future. You were like I feel one... like I've heard of this one, but I didn't yeah, see it. Yeah, there's the another cab one that's oh, okay. on the Switch. I think it's different oh, to this one. Oh, that's probably one of them. I think right. that one was called like Noir Cab. Or like, so close, I don't know. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> but yeah, Neo Cab, uh, you play as like a, a human cab driver who is like one of the last human cab drivers in a, a world that is all run by automated uh, drivers in terms of taxis. Um, and yeah, so basically the start of it was like uh, you're trying to text your friend and she's not responding or she's like, I can't talk right now. So you don't know where she is and she seems to have disappeared. Yeah. Um, and then so you go and pick up passengers and you drive them around. You have interactions with them and like choose your own adventure style as well. Um, and there are like parts within those conversations where you'll have like moral choices essentially to make. It's like, well, I really want like the one I did was uh, I really want to be able to like uh, keep my, my star rating high. But because this woman who's in the backseat asked to pl- charge her like weird like interface screen thing that was all over her like she had like display screens around her that's a huge why not well that's it and she worked i found out she worked for the cab company the new cab company oh yeah and she was asking questions she was was, fishing well it was like a survey and eventually i got her to turn it off and she was really happy about that she's like it's really hard like she's like it's so rare that i get to talk to someone like myself that's so bleak uh, yeah it's really it's really cool i'm fascinated by it and um you've got to manage like your uh, petrol as well well it's like electric cars but like you've got to manage your like how much power you've got this sort of sound yeah so this is it sounds like i like these sort of games like obviously there's there's uh papers please yes last week i talked about beat cop yes. i really like these sort of games where it's like it is just like almost like a visual novel but there is some sort of game element to very it ga- that makes things it manage you've got to manage yeah Nice. Uh, even Reigns is very similar as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got, yeah. Like You've got the different meters to look on. Yeah. Um, I, I can't remember who that was by, unfortunately, but that was that was really fascinating. I really liked that. Um, What's it called? Neo Cab. Neo Cab. Uh, it was part of the uh, fellow traveler, um, like publisher section. Chance Agency. There you go. Um, I think it's an early. It looks like it's an early access on Steam. Um, or either if it's out, holy shit! If it's out, I'm buying it because it's really good. An emotional survival game, they describe it as on here. Not out yet. Is that for wishlisting? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'll definitely add that to my wishlist because I'm very excited to play more of it. Um, What else did I play? Uh, I played Jack Quest. That was uh, at the Blowfish Studios booth. Yeah. Um, Just a really neat little, like, pixel art. Uh, 2D platformer felt really nice to play like had like a really nice uh, platforming feel to it uh, didn't feel clunky um, yeah and it's some some pretty funny writing in there as well I quite like that but uh, yeah I, I really enjoyed playing that not much else to say about it really it um well you got a nice little pin I did get they a nice actually, little pin they were really nice at that booth as well they had yeah. a couple of other little games I got there. two pins for yeah, that it was booth. like this like mech fighting game I yes. am keen on checking out. Yes. Uh, and then there's also, um, what was the other one? That was, uh, I've it's got like, it on my you, phone you've got now. It's on your phone, Joel. I forget its name. I can find it for you now. It's called Sub uh, Subdivision Infinity. 
uh, and it's like a like a space sim, mm, like on, flight sim. It's on mobile, but it's being ported to Switch. Yeah, it's a free to play on mobile. I don't know what the the payment model is going to be like on Switch or anything like that, whether it's going to be because I know that um, I think Galaxy on Five just came like came out recently on Switch as like a premium title. It was one of those games that's like a okay. it was a mobile free to play, but they've made it like a an actual paid version of it that doesn't have any microtransactions. Yeah. Um. So I don't know whether they just up like the um. Like the currency rate that you get, or like drop the price of things that you can. Yeah, it's it's a tricky thing, but like what I saw of it being played on Switch was very nice. Yeah, but that was really fun. I really enjoyed that. Um, I also played another game called Witch Thief. Now, Witch Thief is by Cardboard Keep Games. Really, really interesting. Uh, We do have an interview with Tom from Cardboard Keep. Tim, sorry, my bad. I'm in my head, I'm going, yeah, I'm very sorry. Very sorry, Tim. Uh, he was very lovely. Uh, and, yeah, he's going to talk about, uh, I'm going to play the interview for you now. He talks about the, not one, but four games that they had on display at their booth, uh, all of which were available to buy, which I did, because I was very excited by Witch Thief. Um, so, yeah, we're going to cut to that interview now. We'll come back and we'll talk a little bit about Witch Thief. We're still hanging out in the PAX Rising section with all the indie games. I'm here talking to Tim from Cardboard Keep. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Excellent. Now, you've got four games here. Yeah, we're showing off four games the last five years of my life. have been trucking away at these. Figured this time we're going to combo them all together. That's amazing. So I had a chance to play one of them. I played Witch Thief. Yeah, which, nice. Uh, give us the elevator pitch for uh, Witch Thief. All right, so in Witch Thief, you're playing a snarky witch on a quest to steal all the magic she possibly can. But naturally, to all the people who have that magic, they don't want to share with you. So you got to do what you do best, kicking down that front door and taking it. I love it. I uh, yeah, like I said, I had to go at it before, and I kind of had to put it down before I uh, was stuck here for the rest <laughs> of the afternoon. It was very, very much up my alley. Um, so yeah, so you said the last five years of your life has like been, been these games. Yeah, I've been developing these games. Started a small team. We're actually based out back in Canberra, back in 2013 to release Warden on Steam. It's a kind of flagship title. So a Zelda-like action RPG okay. where you play a series of children who delve into a forest and accidentally wake up a god. And then you got to go fix that. <laughs> awesome. Oh, man, you, this sounds awesome. Look, and that's the thing. Like, I'm looking at the, the, the four games that you've got here. They're all vastly different games. They're very, very varied. It's really, really cool yeah. to see. It's really cool on the show floor because pretty much everyone who comes, we've got a game for them, you know? Yeah. You want an, a story-based RPG, you could play Warden. You want something frantic and do- dodging bullets in a bullet hell, you got Witch Thief. Something more calm and tranquil. Puzzle Puppers is the kind of game for you. Right. You can just kind of figure out what, how to solve the puzzles and feed those doggos. Yep. I, so I've seen uh, people talking about Puzzle Puppers before. I know one of my friends actually bought a copy yesterday. Nice. So, so yeah, it looks really cool. I want to check it out as well. Uh, and then finally, we've got uh, Attrition Tactical Front. Yeah, so. Attrition. It's a quick 1v1 multiplayer experience. Kind of in the vein of Advance Wars, where you kind of get your army, deploy them out on your side of the map, you kind of need to find and isolate the enemy, outwitting them to position your troops best to take them out. Awesome. That's fantastic. Has been the, has the, the reception been to all the, all the games? Friggin' awesome. Even Attrition, right, which is a tactics game, yeah. really hard to show at conventions. You know, you've got to get the mouse out. There's a lot of text as you explain things. Exactly. But people are loving it, you know? Like, it's all amazing. That's fantastic. No, it's really great. Like, I was walking by and I'm like, I saw Witch Thief and I'm like, I've got to play that. But then I looked up and I'm like, four games? Alright, I'm in. This is... So yeah, congratulations! This is fantastic. Yeah, um, thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, so that was our interview with uh, Tim from Cardboard Keep on the show floor, uh, on the Pax Rising show floor. 
uh, yeah, where we talked a little bit about Witch Thief and the other cardboard keep games they had there on display at uh, at PAX. Um, so Witch Thief is, uh, as you would have heard him describe it as, like a bit of like a bullet hell sort of uh, third person bullet hell game. The shmup vibes was vibes were strong. With yeah, this one. yeah, and it felt really nice to play. I sat down, and I was like, it, like, it hooked me. I was like looking at it like someone watching someone play it. And I'm like, give this a go. This looks like a lot of fun, uh, and it is a lot I of mean, fun. It's it's such a it's such a it seems like such a simple thing to describe, right? Yep. But like one of the most important things for a game is to have like a not necessarily like a simple like thing like, like a hook. Like you get it. Like you pick up that game yep. and or you look at it being played, you're like, I get it. Yep. It's like shoot this stuff, dodge dodge. You got spells. Don't, don't get hit. Don't get hit. Yeah. And um yeah, it was really, really neat. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, and Tim was really lovely to talk to as well. He was very enthusiastic about their games. And it was so lovely. Uh, from Canberra, I believe, he says in the interview as well. Um, but yeah, I really liked it. I'm going to, once we finish recording, probably before, like, once I've taken you to the train station, I'm going to install it on my PC. And uh, You got all four games. I did. I got I got that and I got uh, the, the tactics game. I got the, the Zelda-esque game they've got. And the uh, Puzzle Puppers as well. Uh, which I'd heard a bit about Puzzle Puppers, so that was really cool to sort of see them. Uh, I've seen a, a couple of like news, uh, like um, like media agencies had posted about it on. I think Kotaku posted something about Puzzle Puppers. I think it's coming to mobile as well. And then one of my other friends on the show, uh, who was walking around the show floor, said he bought it because his son that they took for one of the days that he was there was like obsessed with it. They're like, we, oh, we okay. had to buy Puzzle Puppers. So um, yeah, it's really really cool stuff. So I'm I'm. Very excited for, for for Tim, and it was really awesome to talk with him um, about his game or their games. Um, what else did I play? I checked out the demo. I didn't play it, but I checked out my friend Pedro, which is from Devolver. Like, again, can't remember the, the the developer behind it, but like um, they are. It's basically like a two D platformer shooter. With like bullet time elements, with a really cool like mechanic of uh, being able to like, if you like, there's a focus meter which is basically like bullet time. Dead toast. Dead toast. It's a great name for a dev studio. Um, yeah, so you can you can like slow down time and like flip through the air, and then you can also like because you, if you've got like dual pistols, you can like target one enemy and then target another enemy, and then like sort of shoot them at the same time while you're in focus. It was really cool. I watched people play it because it was quite a meaty demo and it was very popular as well. Every time I walked past the Devolver booth, that was always... I mean, that Devolver booth people. was popping. Yeah, yeah. They, it was really cool. They had... Gris. Gris. Yeah. I didn't get to play it. Neither did I. But it looks so good. It looks gorgeous. I'm very excited to play that. They had another game there as well. Um, but yeah, my friend Pedro was really, really awesome. Uh, but yeah, they had another game there that I did play, which was Metal Wolf Chaos. Um... Metal Wolf Chaos is like from software. It is, yeah. Yay. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's weird, but I, I'm kind of into it. It's you play as like the president of the United States who like like keeps the justice in the world by flying a fucking mech suit. I I love the story of this remaster because I remember there'd been tweets from Devolver. Like, at From Software. Yeah. Just they're saying, hey, we'll remaster Metal of Chaos. We'll do it. Yeah, I know. And then, like, they started posting teasers at it. And I remember your housemate getting very excited because he's a big fan. Um, and, yeah, well, they had it playable there. So I, I gave it a go. And 
Yeah, man, voice acting is awful, but I was like, it's great, awful. It's like it's, that. It's a product of its time, like it's, exactly. It was, um... It's like when you play like OG Resident Evil. Two thousand and four, it came out. Right, so it's like when you have that, that OG Resident Evil. It's like that's it's a so whole, bad. That's a whole different thing. Yeah, but it's like it's so bad, but like I don't care. The, different, so the difference being that like Resident Evil is like it's a serious game. Mm-hmm. I think Metal Wolf Chaos knows what it is. Yeah, I and think it's, it's insane. It's very tongue in cheek. Um, but yeah, I like the fact that like you've got like different weapons in your arsenal, so this mech suit, and like to switch between them, so you have like one either side. Use the the triggers to like oh, so you press the B button on the Xbox controller, so circle on the Sony controller, um, and then maybe yeah, well we don't know. Do you know? Oh, if it's going to be on? Oh no, no. If that's a button, it'd definitely be. Oh yeah, because it's B is B is on the right. We'll see. I'm starting to know the Xbox controller we'll now. We'll see. Starting the Xbox. Thank, controller. Uh, thanks, Pax Australia. Yeah, exactly. Um. But yeah, you hit that and it would bring up the, the weapons menu and you use the triggers to like cycle through your weapons and then like select them. Um, it's a really cool feature, like a really cool way of like managing inventory and like swapping between weapons, especially when you've got two sides. So the right side will obviously circle through the right side uh, weapons and the left side circles through the left side weapons. Um, lots of blowing up tanks out of the sky, like dash, you had like a dash thing as well, like jetpacks that you could use. And you could dash in, I loved dashing into like a group of enemies and then sending them flying and then blowing a rocket up in their face. And yeah, it's just fun. I mean, if you want to, if you want to sell this game, like I've got the Wikipedia, Wikipedia page open. So it was, it was only released in Japan. First, right. first and foremost, it grew a cult following in the West due to its exaggerated themes of American patriot, patriotism. I very much feel that. So, like, if that sounds like up, up, up your alley, check out the trailer. I feel like it's the game we need right now. Comes out next year. Yeah. There's, no, there's no good date. It's like worldwide next year or something. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Devolve was publishing it, so that was really fun to play. Um, what else did I have a look at around the old show floor? Um, okay, so I played... Let's talk about one that we both played. Okay. Okay? Because we both played this, we played it together. And, Karen, I, I'm i not going to lie, this might be one of my favourite games of the show. It's a very good game. Uh, this is, of course, Soundfall from Drastic Games. Uh, we do have an interview with the wonderful Julian from Drastic Games. Uh, took a little bit of time out and had a chat with us on the show floor, and he was very lovely. Um, and you'll hear a little bit about the studio's past, and the game itself right now. Hey guys, we're on the show floor here in the PAX Rising section, and we are checking out Soundfall from Drastic Games. I'm here with Julian. How you doing, man? Uh, doing very well, thanks. How about yourself? Uh, very, very good, especially after playing this for the second time. So <laughs> Too kind. Um, all right, give us the elevator pitch for Soundfall. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Soundfall is a rhythm-driven dungeon crawler that's procedurally generated to music. So we follow Melody, who's a young woman from our world, who's mysteriously transported to Symphonia, a world where music kind of comes to life. And uh, she has to stop this ancient evil discord that's seeping back into the universe um, and uh, uh, find her way home and, and save the world. I've, I've literally got chills. Like, I, I think <laughs> I just that, that you described that perfectly, and I'm, I'm so excited for this game. Um, I've played it twice now, and it is such a blast. Like, where did the idea come from for this sort of mashup of hybrid hybrid mashup of genres yeah it emerged pretty organically um when uh, nick cooper and i first started the studio after leaving epic i had pitched him the idea of doing a 
uh, a Guitar Hero clone for mobile. Wow! And yes. uh, and the uh, the mobile didn't stick, but the <laughs> rhythm aspect did. And uh, and from there we kind of tried to think about the stuff that we felt we were good at from our time at Epic, um, and kind of the crunchy combat experience was something that really resonated with us. Uh, so we uh, ended up with Twin Stick and Rhythm, and uh, Soundfall was the kind of natural evolution of that. Yeah, uh, the word crunchy, yes. I like that. Every, <laughs> you feel every beat, and it's great because, like, you know, you've got to attack on beat as well. So you, you're feeling the music as well in, in every movement you're making. Yeah, exactly. So doing actions to the beat of the music makes them way more powerful, and they and they combo together more effectively. It's uh, it, and when you get that rhythm going, it's just it's such a nice feeling. Like it feels so good. I've um I've honestly been raving about this to anyone who will listen to oh, me. Oh, you're too kind, man. Um, too kind. So, uh, what, what, what's uh what's the uh you know I know it's the, the elephant in the room question always, but what are we looking at in terms of release and? Um, yeah, so we'll be on uh, PC and all three major consoles end of 2019. So sorry to make you guys wait. <laughs> oh, that's that's fine. I will wait as long as it, as long as it takes because I am very excited for this. But. Uh, um, so the soundtrack obviously is a big important part of it. Um, sure. who's, who's behind the soundtrack and the music? Yeah, so the uh, the two the three levels rather that we're showing off today, uh, two of them are by a musician named DJ Striden, and the third by Jovian. Um, we've kind of chosen to go with a very you know EDM energy because it's just so classic for the yes. rhythm game space. But uh, but the but the game itself we've got a bunch of different characters, and each character has their own kind of musical styles and preferences. So the so if, you know you'll be able to play everything from full on heavy metal to classical. Uh, you you keep oh every time you talk about this game <laughs> you just you say something more for me and just I'm so excited for this game. Oh, it's too um, nice, man. But uh, yeah, very excited to see. It. I, I'll be there day one when it comes out. But uh, thank so you very much for your time, Julian. Yeah, I really appreciate it. You have a great time at Fox. You too, man. Thanks so much. Cheers. So there you have our interview with uh with Julian. Uh, Wonderful, wonderful person. Uh, I kept pestering him all weekend, going back and seeing him on the show floor. Being, we were there a lot. I'm back again. I just liked watching this game, Kyron. I, I, and not, not just watching it. Not just watching it, but like I did just enjoy watching it. But like going hands on with it as well. Even being near it when, like, because there was a there was basically three stations set up, and the mm-hmm. one in the middle, like, but two on either side had heads headphones, which was yep. brilliant. So yes. you could really just like, absorb, absorb the music. But like the middle one didn't. Yep. So you just occasionally go past and it's like, yeah, this music's so good. And I, d- I didn't know that I wanted a dungeon crawling rhythm game. But yeah, you're getting it. With co-op. I'm getting it. With co-op as well. Four-player. Yeah, fuck, man. It's so good. And just little things like when you get into that rhythm of like dash, 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 say, slash, we should, slash. We should talk bang. about the, the controls. just Because they're, they're pretty simple, really. Yeah, exactly. Left stick sort of moves around. Yep. Uh Left trigger, L1 or L, the left bumper yep. is the dash. Yep. Uh, L2 slash left trigger is, no, yeah, dash, then L2 slash. Yep. And R2 slash right right trigger is shoot. Yeah. Uh, and and that's, you, that's really about it. That's pretty much it. You've got like, uh, you yep. get an ultimate that I think you activate with X. I didn't get to use it. I was too garbage. I think it was like an X or X or. And there was like a, also a, a sort of like a little rail you had to. Press a press a button to the beat of the music along yep. as well. Yeah, so they were like you know like almost like quick time events essentially. Yeah. Um, but quick time events in a rhythm game is like well that's a rhythm game essentially. But yeah, I was I was just I was curious when I heard about this game. I was like, I'm in, but I'm curious how it plays. And now playing it, it plays so nicely. Um, I love 
the music, the music was so good. It was like, uh, as we heard Julian, so I think he said in the interview as well about being a very, very much an EDM vibe when it comes to music because and it's just not got... just that though. I mean, yeah, exactly. But like the ones he was showing in the demos, like the EDM vibe, which is yeah. great to get that feel of like the pulse of the music of the music. Um, but yeah, talking about like the fact that there's going to be other playable characters in there as well that have different styles of music and. I am just like a, a really simple thing I liked about it as well is because obviously it is a rhythm dungeon crawler. How it how it sort of plays out is so you, you're presented with the stage and the song starts playing, and at the top you're basically like you're listening to a song. You'll see the track duration, and it sort of fills up, and that's yeah. it's like you have it until the end of the song to get out of the stage. Yeah, I love that. It's like that's your time limit. For yeah, the stage. and it's, it's a really neat way to do it. It sort of also again just makes sense because you're listening to a song, but also getting through a stage. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Karen, I'm so fucking excited for this game. Like, uh, coming out, yeah, I believe, end of next year they're targeting at the moment. Um, and, God, I I played it like three times over the weekend. I went I kept going back there just because I was so excited for it. And anytime I'd see someone, I'd be like, have you played Soundfall yet? No? Go play it. Go to the indie section, go play Soundfall. Um, just because it's so excellent. Um and yeah, thank you very much to Julian for taking some time out and having a chat with us. It was very, very lovely of you. Um, but yeah, what else did I play? Uh, let's get into the... the. Let's go back-to-back with um, visual novel stuff. All right. Let's go. I'll start with Quantum Suicide, which is one I sort of played on the way out, basically, uh, on Sunday. It was like the last couple of hours of the show, and I was... I, I remember reading about it, and I'm like... I want to check that out. And there was, there was like a spot open at the, uh, at their booth. And I'm like, I'm just going to jump in and play it. Sound didn't actually work on my headset for it, which is a shame because it did give me the option to choose either uh, English with English voice acting or English with Japanese voice acting or all Japanese. Um, and yeah, basically this is, uh, you, you're playing as a character on a spaceship and it's just a straight up visual novel. Um, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm clicking through. Yep, yeah, this is interesting. Um, character, I ate something off the table and they didn't feel well. So with the doctor. Doctor, like, drugged them and then they woke up. And it was the next day and I'm like, all right, cool. We're in the we're in the dining hall. They're having a meeting with, like, the, the crew of the ship. And they're basically talking about, like, something that happened. And then the AI bot that's, like, controlling the ship that's there, like, gets taken over by someone else, like, something else, and explains about... The deletion game. Hey! Yeah, which, uh, yeah, I haven't played them yet, but apparently it's sort of a bit of a so, nod. Yeah, um, the best, like, I only watched you play this again, and I and it, it, I, I don't want to draw too many comparisons, but if you want a sort of idea of how I think, not how this game will definitely play out, but if you want to, if you're wanting, if you're trying to picture, if you played, I brought them up earlier, mm-hmm. 999, yep. zero, like, Virtue's Last Reward, Zero Time to Learn, I think along those lines, like, visual novel, but like, there's definitely sinister undertones. Yeah. So the the demo, I think the demo you can actually get. It's yeah, out, I think it was online. on Ichio. Uh, yeah, so you can check it out on Ichio. Um, but the demo ends with a little bit of a twist, and I'm like, I want. How that's, is that's, this? That's when it hit me. I was like, Oh, okay. All I right. was like, How is this gonna play out now? What's the deal? Like, it's it's almost like two twists in one as well because it's a twist and then a, another twist. Yeah, and yeah. So that was interesting. So that that's Quantum Suicide. Um, that's really really cool. Um, and then, yeah, the other sort of visual novel, uh, the game that I played was Necrobarista. 
Necromancer. Cine- cinematic visual novel. Cinematic and very cinematic. So uh, this is from Route 59, Melbourne Devs. Um, lovely people as well. Play it last year? Yeah, did play it last year. Blew me away. Yes. Uh, and I played it again this year. Still blew me away. Blew you away more. Yeah. Um, man, so much about this game. It was really cool. Some of the elements that they showed off in this demo this year was um, uh, the fact of, like picking out keywords in people's statements. And then you can use those to like level up certain bars to access different parts of the story, which is really interesting. Mm. It's a cool because again, I keep going, I keep going back to them. The visual novels I played most recently, yep. But sort of how the branching narrative paths work in in a visual novel is really cool, yeah. And this one has my interest. But the, the the escape games have have like their weird timeline thing, yeah. Which is just a neat way to sort of get an, like to track where the story is going. Mm-hmm. But this sounds. A lot. In, it sounds much more interesting. Like I like. It sounds it's, much more conversational, almost. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you're more involved in the process, as opposed to that's like you hit a thing. It's like, hey, do you want to go this way or this way? Yeah. Like this is much more engaging, and I love that. And you've only got a certain amount of spaces you've got yeah. for like keywords, so you've got to like take some out to try and level other things up to get parts of the story. I mean, so you see how that works got, in the whole thing. Yeah, you have to be, and like each of those have categories as well. Yeah. So you sort of got to you've got to be paying attention to what you're taking, mm-hmm. which again I love. It's just more involving, which I yep. guess is why they're calling it like a cinematic visual novel. And I mean, not only that is the fact that it's like fully three D rendered yeah, exactly. as well, and not not two D like it's art, gorgeous. Yeah. It's such got such a great art style to it. Um, about a, a, a barista who is also like. A necromancer. I had to have coffee after I watched you play it. I, I know, like, right? Yeah, coffee yeah. now. Um, hey, look, the terminal. They they got coffee to die for. Um, yeah, apparently, best coffee in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> best coffee in the afterlife as well. Oh, that too. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, if you get if you want good coffee, you're probably going to want it in the afterlife. Exactly. Yeah. People, coffee gives me life. So. Oh yeah, like all weekend it gave me life. Oh yeah, so much coffee. Um, but yeah, no, I I cannot wait. They're saying early 2019. At this stage, um, on PC, and then I think shortly after, on PS4 and Switch. And Switch, yeah. Um, I'll get yeah. it for PC, please. Yeah, yeah, I will take it for PC. One earliest copy, please. Yep, that would be me. I'm going to put my headphones on and just fucking kick back with that. Yeah. Play through it. Uh, I'm excited to see, like, the full story from Sadly. Because, like, I can kind of gather how things are going, but I'm like, I'm not still not 100% sure of what what the vibe of the story, like what, yeah. how the story is going to play out. So, which that, is good. And they had like the intro looping at the, at the terminal. Yes, and that the song opening is so song. Good. Yeah. yeah. The soundtrack's amazing. Um, yeah, that was really, really great as well. Uh, what else haven't I talked about yet? Well, I'll bring up, uh, party crashes. So, there's some story behind this one as well. There is some story behind this one. To. So I did play Party Crashes. Um, the the guys behind Party Crashes, which is uh, Giant Margarita, um, there's an interesting story about that you'll hear in the interview shortly. But um, yeah, so Giant Margarita, they've made the Party Golf game, uh, which is always popular at PAX. It's always on the show floor and they've always got a big like crowd around them. But not this year, Joel. Why? <laughs> yeah well, no no no, no. Like, there's a reason they, they, yeah they had two games there they did have two games there and it wasn't party golf so um it was something new and fun yeah exactly they, yeah. and they always are fun but like it's man there's there's something fun about going and going i haven't heard of that game yet exactly <laughs> yeah so um so party crashes was one of them um the reason i went to play party crashes because on saturday night i actually appeared in my very first panel at pax ever 
So I, I was on stage for the uh, Australasian Gaming Podcast Network uh, party mode where I got to play video games on stage against some other podcasters. Um, look, we didn't do great. I think we put in an admirable effort. Man, there's always, we've got friendship. Yeah, we did. We did. That was, a, we, we were team friendship. My team was uh, the Purple Monkey Dishwashers, uh, captained by Lauren from Point and Click. And, and my other teammate was also uh, Michael from Reset. Um, great, wonderful people. great comrades to have. Wonderful people. Um, lovely, lovely people. There's a great photo of us up on the Facebook page, uh, pre-panel with our, war, our game face on. Um, didn't carry over onto the, on stage, but we did pretty well. Um, and one of the games that we played was Party Crashers. So I was like, I've got to get some gotta get some practice in. So I went and played Party Crashers on the show floor. Um, Callan from, from Game Train sprung me, though, as well. He was going to do the same thing. He was on a t- he was on another team. He was on a rival team. So, yeah, he's like, what are you doing here? I was like, don't, don't know what you mean. Just checking out the booth. Just, oh, it seemed like an interesting game. And look. Getting an interview, you know. <laughs> you know what? It is an interesting game. Uh, and you'll hear Lindsay... From uh, from Giant Margarita, talk about it right now. All right, we're still on the show floor here in the Pax Rising section, and I'm here with Lindsay from Giant Margarita. And, Hi, uh, how's it going? Excellent, excellent. <laughs> no, uh, so you're behind the the wonderful, always popular party golf every year, uh, and the party crashes and party poppers. That's right. We've got three party games now. We're hoping to do a suite of those, uh, and we're hoping to actually do a, an overarching game called Party Party. Uh, which oh. will be like, this is very early days, but it's like Super Mario Party where you got the, the board and then you go straight into mini games of golf, racing or platforming. That's but that's, awesome. you know, probably about two or three years away. Okay. You heard it yeah, here first though. Oh, yeah, we've got the scoop. <laughs> the yes, scoop. yes. Um, so I had the chance to play Party Crashes yesterday on the show floor and also on stage last night at the, uh, the AGP and Party Mo panel. Uh, where I was a little bit robbed, I'm not going to lie, but uh, <laughs> nothing to do with the game. The game yep, was perfect, yep, yep. perfect. Um, give us the elevator pitch for Party Crashes in particular. So Party Crashes is a vehicular combat la- combat last car standing race. Sorry about my voice there. Totally fine. So everyone's racing on the same screen. If you fall too far behind, you'll get exploded and eliminated, just like in speed races, uh, speed runners. Uh, and if you fall off the side of the track, you'll die as well. And we have heaps of different weapons that you can use to murder each other. You've got rockets, you've got sniper rifles, uh, got turbo boost, shock waves, heaps and heaps of different ways, and that's all in the single uh, default mode. On top of that, then we have 50 different game modes and 800 different settings. Wow. Yeah. Uh, look, just just looking through the options, like I saw uh, saw one of the other devs setting it up yesterday while I was playing it, and I was like, wow, there is a lot of customization here. There is a lot. Uh, some of my favourites are things like the teleporting walls. A lot of people have responded well to that, where yeah. you go off the left-hand side of the track, you come back on the right-hand oh. side. Uh, but those are just small changes. There are really uh, some uh, grand-scale changes you can make as well. Like, you can play this entire game in... Uh, it's split screen like Mario Kart. You can play it like uh, Micro Machines with a camera following oh, everyone. Awesome. There's a top-down camera. There's a battle royale mode. All of that you can build for yourself, but you can also just select from our 50 different modes as well. Yeah. So, it's, and this is across the whole like party collection, the suite as well. Like a lot of customization. Play the way you want to play yes. and, and, and the way you like to play. We think that's super important for local multiplayer because you never know what your audience is going to be in a in a party situation. Yep. I like to refer to drunk people as one of those examples that, you know, you'll get people, it's a little bit later on in the party, they come along, they have no idea how to play, it needs to be easy to pick up and play, but also you need to be able to handicap those people. Right. Maybe you're playing with some little kids, hopefully not with alcohol around, <laughs> uh, you know, they might need some handicapping as well, or, you know, the person who owns the game that's played it so much, 
need to give them a disadvantage as well. Right, of course. So uh, it's really interesting. Like, you know, there was a while there where, like, couch co-op and local multiplayer was, like, you know, a, a thing of the past now. Yep. But especially within the indie scene, it's making such a big comeback. And so you're obviously a big yep. believer in that sort of thing with, the, with these three games. Absolutely. I, I mean, I can't really pinpoint when it started to make a turnaround. But for us, it was around the time that Towerfall and Gang Beast came out. Right, yes. And I mentioned Towerfall specifically because they were an inspiration for us in general. Right. So, you know, we, we love local multiplayer anyway, but then as a team, before we started any of this, we were playing a lot of Towerfall, we were loving the hell out of it, and they have a few options in there. They've got, yep. I'm going to say, 25 options, and each one made the game completely different. And we loved that. And so we said, hey, we need to do this. We need to make local multiplayer games with even more options because we know that that's great. Yep. And so it's particularly important for us because now we're finally making a platformer. Right. So, you know, it's going full circle that now we're going to make our own Towerfall. It's going to have hookers and awesome, amazing things in it, like oh, that saying. Fantastic. Sorry if this is meant to be a PG uh, oh, podcast. Absolutely not. No, right. no, no. no you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to have hookers. It's going to be G-rated. <laughs> Although Party Crashers is now rated PG uh, because we have one alcohol reference in it, oh. which is our company name. Right. So our game only has a splash screen at the start with a margarita logo and giant margarita written there. Boom, suddenly our game is PG-rated. Wow. It's unbelievable. Uh, and it actually meant that we're off the Switch store for a few days while that gets changed. Right. During packs. What oh, the hell? Okay, that's what you want. Yeah, yeah fantastic. That's what you want. Yeah. Oh. Well, I think it's pretty rock star. He was like, yeah, well, whatever. You know. Whatever. We'll we advertise alcohol in a game for kids. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much, Lizzie, for your time. Not a problem. The game is an absolute blast. I'm yet to check out the other two, but I definitely want to check them out for sure. Sweet. But, um, yeah, thank you very much for your time. Thanks. It's been great. Cheers. Cheers. Yes, that was Lindsay from Giant Margarita. Uh, Explain a little bit about Party Crashers and also the other games, Party Golf and Party Poppers. Party Poppers, Joel. Yes, Party Poppers. Relatively new game. I hadn't, I hadn't really seen it before here, so no. it was kind of cool to go around and see this. And it it looks, I mean, in, in keeping with the, the trappings of their games, it looks like it can be very chaotic. Yes, absolutely. But it, again, like I, I said about Witch Thief, yep. concept is so simple. Mm-hmm. And like it just makes it so easy to pick up and play. Yep. And then the chaos hits. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, I like uh, it's. We talked about it in the interview with him as well. He like talking about how like the chaos is up to you. Yeah, like, yeah. You can control how much chaos you want to put into it and what kinds of chaos. So like party mode has uh, not party mode. Um, party crashes has like he said like eight hundred different variations of gameplay. Like you can combo things together. Um, and it's it's awesome. Like different game modes with different within those game modes different modifiers and things that you can do uh, it's really fun um was gonna buy it on the switch uh but yeah as you heard probably in the interview as well uh that was it, really interesting to, to hear like I'm yeah not, i don't i don't it's probably not the first time it's happened but no. it's the first time i've heard of it yeah absolutely um but it is out there in the wild you can go pick it up you can go pick up all three of those games um just stay away from that red line yeah, stay away from that red line. But you know, go sort of slow, not not slow and steady. Breaks breaks are your friend. That's that's the tip I will give you. Breaks breaks are not the enemy in this one. You can't just go hell for leather because you'll run into those corners and you'll fucking slide all over the place. Yeah, you got to corner properly. So there's there's some strategy to it as Be well. Be quick, but take care. Also, don't have Brendan White from Eight Bit no, unplugging your controller. He, he will just change like, your there's, controllers. There's that. It'll confuse so, everyone. Yeah, you know don't, that that also helps not having that going on. Bloody nerds, Stradamus. Anyway. The people's team, apparently. We'll come back to that in a minute. <laughs> Begrudgingly. Um, uh, but yeah, I really like Party Crashers, and I, I like the vibe that, that Giant Margarita have. Like, 
it is always literally a party at their booth. They're always yeah. just like, yeah, come over. They had like beat the dev um, like every like half an hour or so. They have yeah. one of the devs there sitting there and they play their specific uh, like modifier mode that they would like. And like, all right, we're playing That's this cool. and you go up against them. And if you beat them, you get a prize. You got one of their pins. Fun vibes. Um, yeah, it was just great. And they always have that kind of vibe as well. I always heard amazing things about party golf as well. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that's out on Switch as well. I think it, yeah. I remember seeing it on the store a while ago. I mean, mm. Party Crashers was the recent one. Yes. I think I want to pick them up just to have on my Switch. Is like, in those instances, like, I've got my Switch. Do you want to play a game? It's like I, a, We say it a lot, Joel. We, we see games and go, perfect Switch games. Absolutely. They are perfect Switch games, but are on Switch. It's a, it's a couch co-op party game. Like, that's what the Switch is good for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, big fan of that. Um... Moving around, I only got a couple more things left. Uh, I played the other game that was on the show floor that uh, I have backed on Kickstarter, which was Knuckle Sandwich from Andrew Brophy. Um, how's the best way to describe this? I guess it there's there's a there's a particular IP. That yeah, you can I mean up. it's very Earthboundy. Uh, it's got a very Earthbound vibe to it, but it's also like it, what if Earthbound combined with like an acid drug trip uh, in some aspects. <laughs> Earthbound is pretty acid, and I'm. I know, and that's what I mean. Oh, like, okay. It, so it's like an acid drug trip on an acid drug. Trip. Yeah, like it, it, I don't know it's going to get weirder, but like the demo I played, like I was going into town to go to the job agency because I need to get a job. I think the demo is available, isn't it? I'm going to check. I think it is. Yeah, it. I think you can actually get it. Up, get there it. is I'm a demo available. On, I might get it. <laughs> it uh, on itch.io. Yeah, definitely check it out. Um, and you had to go to like the job center, and you had to <laughs> you go into the back. And it's like a game show. They're like, you're on game show. Spin the wheel. And they like comes up with a job and you go and play like a little mini game. Um, one of which was like, I had to catch bugs. And they're like, I, I, I caught them all. And I went and talked to the guy and he was like, all right, but there's still one more that you need to catch. And you go over there, there's like a hive on a, on a, um, on a tree and you attack that with the bug net. Cause you, you have to be careful with them. So you don't hurt them. Cause you want to hurt them. So he's just using a bug net cause he saw it in a game once. And then he go. that was literally what he said. He's like, I saw it in a game once. And who knows, if you do really well, maybe you can come and move onto my island. And I was like, okay, that's cute. Even in my, like, I got such jolly um, Link to the Past vibes from, like, the animation of the net swinging yes. as well. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and so you do that and then um, the bees attack, the bees come out of it and they attack you and it goes into, like, a turn-based combat Um which, like, everything about it, there's always this, like, weird, like, funny jokes in there as well. The writing's really funny. Um, like, when you fail that one, the, the, the guy running the show is just like, you, you didn't get that job? Like, well, we haven't got anything for you, I guess. Even when you beat up the bees. Yeah, yeah. It's, oh, man, it's really, really funny. Um, the outside was really cool, and their booth was great too. They had oh, the video they had playing on like the, the little <laughs> tiny CRTs. Yeah, it's like it was like a combo VCR one as well, and they had it playing this like this, it was this so nineties. Like, yeah, demo like infomercial video about it, and I was like, when can I buy knuckle sandwiches? Like, it's not available yet, but you can go and wishlist it on and all this other stuff. It's like, yeah, uh, can I give you money? No, we already had a Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, I heard this game was on yeah, Kickstarter. It's like, yeah, we had a really successful Kickstarter campaign. It's ended now, but thanks for asking. Like, <laughs> it's like super like low key. Like, it's already over. No shade, but yeah, um, yeah. I, I really like the tone and the, the humor behind it. I'm very excited to play more of that when it comes out as well. Um, hey man, if Nintendo's not going to make Earthbound games, we need people like Toby Fox and the devs on this making yeah. making those interesting, weird Good RPGs. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I'm 
excited. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy that the, the two games that I backed on Kickstarter, I've now played. Yeah, they're like, both there. They were both there. I played them, and they were both really good. And I'm very excited for them. So I'm super happy about that. Um, lastly, though, it wouldn't be a PAX. Wouldn't be a PAX episode of the Dialogue Options podcast if we didn't go and check in with uh, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Mike Blackney, uh, the the legend behind um, Dead Static Drive. Uh, did another interview with him this year because he's just one of the nicest people on the show floor uh, in general ever. Just a lovely person. So we had an interview with him uh, and we're going to play for you right now. All right, so we're back on the show floor in the PAX Rising Indie section, and I am here with the, the man himself, Mr. Mike Blackney. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thanks so much. Excellent, excellent. So, yes, of course, he's the, the genius behind Dead Static Drive. Big fan of that on the show here. Uh, you probably heard us talk about it a lot. I played it again today. Yesterday I played it again. Um, loving it, dude. I am absolutely love it. I'm so hyped for this game. Um, you've been busy. Thank you. Yeah, I have been very busy this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, what's since uh, probably the last time I saw you last year? I think. Uh, how's the year been treating you? Just oh, it's been a wonderful year. I got funding. I, I've gotten more connections in the industry, so I know who to talk to when I'm talking to consoles, and that's a wonderful place to be. Awesome. And yes. um, yeah, I I've been developing the game really hard. I've got contractors making art for me. I've got designers making levels for me. And the game's going to be out sometime, which is good. Oh, that's the best news ever. (laughs) (laughs) I remember you mentioned that to me the other day, and I got so excited. So, uh, again, like I, this is one of the games every year. I'm just like, have you played Dead Static Drive yet? No, go play it. Go now. Drop what you're doing. Go. Um, Yeah. So, uh, so you said soon, and you've been talking to people about console stuff. Yeah, so obviously a little bit secretive about that, but... Uh, yeah, it's yeah. got to be a bit secretive until I know everything that's coming out because I don't want people to get disappointed. Of but, course, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. But that's good news, that's awesome. And yeah, I've, I've been following along. I love uh, I love all your gifts of uh, uh, mishaps and things that have been going on along the way as well, which has been great. Thank you. Um, so yeah, how's your show been this year? Oh, it's been incredible. In fact, uh, the very first day of PAX, I was showing a build from GDC, six months old. Right. And then uh, on uh, Saturday and Sunday, I've been showing progressively newer builds. Right. Today, I'm showing one from last night. Wow. And it's so wonderful for me to see how much it's improved in the last six months, but also yep. to see... Um, I'm kind of testing it to see that people like the new changes okay. and how it drives and how the controls have changed. Yep. And it's been really wonderful. The feedback's been phenomenal. Excellent. Well, my, my co-host is uh, very excited by the... Uh, he saw the cherry pie. He's like, you need to go to the cherry pie. And then he played it and he was like, cherry pie, I've got to find coffee now. Yes. And he loved the, the, the damn fine reference there yeah, as well. Yeah. He was very, to... very excited by that. So. Yeah, that's wonderful. Uh, and in fact, I want to make sure when it gets translated to other languages that um, all of the references to other media, they use the right quotes from the translations. Right. So like if, uh, if you pick up a chainsaw, it says groovy always. Yes. And I want to make sure that, uh, you know, in any language, if there's an Evil Dead translation, that it's the same. I, I, this is the best. I'm so excited, man. Um, thank you so much for having a chat with us. It's always an absolute pleasure. So uh, thank you very much. And I'm excited to hear when it's coming soon. I'll be eyes peeled. I'm keen to tell you when. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Yes, Mike Blackney. Just, God, he's a legend. He's a lovely person. He's like every time you go past his booth, it's just 
popping. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's popping over there, and he's out there chatting with everyone. Um, and I think he mentioned in the interview as well that the fact that like the Friday build that he had there was like six months old, and then he had like he was working on a build underneath the desk for Saturday, like a current build, and then he worked on another one for the Sunday as well. So crazy. He's I like, this is the most up-to-date build I've got now. I, I was like, oh my God, you're a maniac, but I love you. Um, but yeah, coming soon. Stay tuned. Last packs. Last packs, apparently, before release. It's been so exciting seeing a lot of these developers go from packs to being like, no, we're out now. Yep. It's like, like cool. The, we didn't get a chance to have a chat with them, but like the guys from Damsel. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Screwtape Studios as well. Their game was out. They were there. They were pimping it out. I bought a copy of it. I haven't installed it yet. I'm going to. I swear to God, I'm going to do it tonight. Um, but yeah, uh, Density Drive is looking uh, as as amazing as it ever has. Um, I, I remember when I went over to pick it up and play it, some, uh, someone had just left halfway through the demo. So I went over and sat down and they were in the middle of the, it was the middle of the night. They were out in the middle of nowhere and I'm like running around with a flashlight and I walked like, I guess like 10 meters and I saw this giant hulking fucking like spider monster thing and it genuinely fucked me up. Like I was like, oh God, and like ran away from it. Um, But yeah, I'm excited to, to, to actually get into the game and, and go on my adventure on my like, yeah. you know, undead weird otherworldly cross-country road trip. I just want to see how, like, how far I can go. And I'm not even a huge fan of survival games or anything like that, but this, I can't not play this. Yeah, because it does have, like, the meter stuff as well. Absolutely. Like, fuel, hunger, all that sort of stuff. Going to the bathroom. Yeah, bathroom, yep. yep. Um, Um, I'm wondering, I'm waiting to see how much that plays into the game itself, how much... Yeah. It it, it, uh, it messes with you and stuff as well. Obviously, fuel's pretty obvious that you won't go anywhere. Um, no fuel equals bad news. Exactly. Outside seems pretty dangerous. Yeah, and being able to like recruit other people. I actually saw someone recruit like the, the demo they had there was like just like a diner, uh, and then like a little surrounding area of that. Uh, and there's like four or five people in there, and the person I saw playing it recruited everyone oh, in there and, took and had them with it as a team. Oh wow! And took them out and like took on these fucking giant worm That's monsters. Interesting. I was like, all right, you can build a squad. Uh Friendly fires off though. <laughs> I may have accidentally killed my companion when I briefly played this game, <laughs> and I felt guilty and I left. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, it, I, the the guilt is still with me today. It may I, never leave. I did hear bits of music, some music in there as yeah, well. Yeah, you actually like, some nice, ooh, like some nice atmospheric, yeah. like like back of the back back country America sort of vibes there. Yeah. Um, Cheeky Twin Peaks references. Uh, so I don't want to overstate the Twin Peaks vibes that I get from this, but yeah, the, the, the music, I was like, oh yeah, this is this is what I'm after. And like cherry pies there. Yep. There's damn fine coffee there. And I mean, we had a chat with him. I, I can't remember if it was in the interview or not. But I, like, I think a, it was just after, because I rocked up late. That's right. Yeah, we were talking to him about like a whole bunch of different references and stuff, because he is a massive like, I mean, his Twitter handle is like Kurt Russell fan club. So he's like very much into like, like those like pop culture things. And, um, but not like, not like EB Games Zing pop culture things. Like he's into like cool shit. Oh, there's the shade. He's like, like, oh yeah. Well, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to like make like make Mike think that we're like <laughs> you know lowering him down to something. Mike knows we're not. cool. Yeah, we know, we know Mike's cool. It's fine. Mike's very cool. He's very cool. He's like that cool uncle that rides in on a motorcycle. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> can't wait to buy his game. I can't wait to buy his game. Um, but yeah. 
Uh, but that's about all I played. Oh, that's about all I played. I know, I just said it's a fucking lot. Um, but yeah. It was the biggest packs I've been to. Yeah, biggest most, packs. Most I've played. It's every year I go and I'm like, I don't know how they're going to... Can we have like a moment of silence? Yeah. For Untitled Goose Game. Oh, yeah. It was the one that got away. It was the one that got away. I mean, there was a lot that got away for me, but... But that was that was the one I that when I saw it, I was like, I need... It's Goose Game. Yeah. I want to be a goose, but I didn't get to be a goose. You want to talk about things that were popping off. That was fucking... It was huge. Yeah. It was like 90 minute waits or something for it. And I'm like, oh my god. Um, but yeah, just... Oh man, the show floor was so lovely this year. Um, we did go to a couple of panels. Like, we went to... Obviously, I went to the AGPM one because I was kind of in it. So, yes. But yeah, yeah, you and our friends tagged along to that as well yep. to, to support, which was lovely. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Um, yeah, we should get covered in shaving cream. Yeah, and like soaked in water. Yep. And yeah. I was so sad. I bought my new Devolver shirt the day before and I'm like... I'm going to wear this tomorrow night. I'm going to look like a cool podcaster with my cool Devolver shirt. I'm going to look like a cool guy. And then I got covered in shaving cream. So um, I believe it's still up on the Twitch archives if you want to watch that. To scroll towards the end. It was I think bit... it was, yeah, twitch.tv slash PAX2. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, it'll, be, it'll be towards the end of the night as well. Yeah, it, was like, it was like the second last panel. Like in eight there. o'clock, yeah. So late um, in the stream. Yeah, so just skip it along to see my, my, my ugly mug losing at video games. Unless so. you want to watch all like... 11, 12 odd hours of streaming, yeah, I mean, which you're welcome to do. Go for it. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it was a lot of fun. Really great people up on stage to share the stage with. Like the other teams, all wonderful people. Um, even Brendan. That's fine. He's too charming. I can't be mean to him. It's true. It's, it's I tried impossible. to. I tried to smack talk him on I know, Twitter before I, it. I was right next to you when you did it and you caved immediately. I was just like a straight away. Straight away. I couldn't be mad. I couldn't be mad at him. He's too cool. He is. He's t- too cool a guy. The people's champ, apparently. Um, Part of the people's team. The people's team. Oh, God. Someone's going to topple them. Someone next, has to. Next year, just play dirtier. Next year. I tried. Dirtier. And then I fucking got a target painted on my back in shaving cream. That's what I got painted on. Um, I tried to play dirty. I was like, fuck it. I'm going dirtier. <laughs> I'm going into this. I'm going to be the heel. Um, didn't quite pan out that way. But... Um, yeah, got to play, yeah, Party Crashers on stage there, and I, um, and, uh, Lethal Warns as well, which is a really cool game. I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah. Turns, was, it turns out the key to that is to just murder everyone. Yeah, apparently. And, and then take up the honest lawn-knowing job. I was just trying to make an honest living. Lauren and I were just trying to do our thing. And what happened? We got fucking murdered. Savages. Absolute <laughs> savages. Just, God. No, no, no loyalty, no, no respect for an honest day's work. That's what I say. Anyway, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. It was very cool. Um, I was very nervous beforehand, but I, 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 it was a lot of fun. We to could do. tell. Yeah, I was freaking out. Uh, <laughs> you, nailed, you nailed it. It was fine. Thank you. Um, Your covered in shaving cream was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. If there's one thing I'm really good at is making a fool of myself in public places, and I'm okay with that. So... This, the, the party mode is like, it was chaos last year, it was chaos this year. I yeah. can't imagine what it'll be next year, but this, yeah. besides more chaos. God, does someone, all I know is that they need to, whoever, whoever teams are going up against Nostradamus next year, bring props. Because they always come prepared. So bring props. I'll be honest, like, next time, if you, want, if you want my support, Brennan, just chuck me one of those Audio Technica shirts. <laughs> I, 
I must admit, there was a part of me, I was sitting next to him when he went to throw them, and I was like, can I just have one of those? Because they're really cool. <laughs> just swap sides. I'll be like, oh, I'll sell my team out for a oh, shirt, yeah, dude. I'll, like, I'll, let's go. I'll, I'll sabotage. <laughs> no, I won't. I won't. Lauren's amazing. It's true. And so he, is Michael. He sabotaged you anyway, so. Michael, yeah, exactly. Yeah, fucked me up anyway, but it's fine. Um, but yeah, we also checked out the 28 Plays Later with Paul Verhoeven and Chris Stroll. As always, a wonderful panel. Yes. They put on a great show. Yes. <laughs> Lots of great video game bits, which... Ah, oh, geez, and the old horse merge, horse merging, and blockbuster video Last of Us, and <laughs> that was good. And Snake Eater on a ladder, which Snake... also let me hear Tripod do a rendition of Snake Eater. Which, yeah, I didn't know I needed that in my life, and I'm happy I've got it. Though. Holy shit, yeah, so good, so amazing. Those guys still have it; they just nail it every time. Um, but yeah, that's about it. We got to see the panels, but. Uh... Yeah, it was the biggest pack, so I just didn't have time. Yeah, I it was. Uh, can we get an extra day, please? Just like a, a fourth, maybe. Just oh, do you reckon please? you can do a fourth? I'll do it. Yeah, I can. I can have more coffee. Yeah, more Red Bulls, more coffees. Oh God. Um, having said that, I'm very excited to hit my bed tonight and just die for like probably a good nine hours. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was that was PAX 2018. What uh, a show! It was a really great show. I had a good fun time. Um, playing lots of awesome games. We had some good food, some yes. really nice food. I'm trying to think of other things we did outside of PAX as well that were sort of PAX-related. We had our, our yearly D- D&D campaign run by our masterful question asker and uh, co-host of the Hunting Seasons podcast, Broderick Gordes. Always fun to see a DM pitted against his party member with the roles reversed. Yep. Absolutely, yeah. Maybe if said former like DM who was a party member didn't charge into the last fight and make us all have to spend turns dashing. Didn't literally running guns blazing. Doing the Leroy Jenkins. Yeah, basically Leroy Jenkins. So he styled the witch. And then was like, oh, I need to get home quickly. <laughs> I need to get home, guys. We need to finish this. I'm, I'm sorry, like, we're busy. We could have finished this a lot quicker, but I have to I'm busy spend dashing. two turns move. I'm dashing. God damn. Anyway, um, that was a lot of fun. That's a good year. Like So much fun. Um... That's not a bad info. That's sort of yeah. like a... Should we take this moment to do a bit of a shout-out as well? Uh, one of our friends is actually quite quite famous now. Um, so, one of our friends, uh, Mr. Liam Gordes... I don't, oh, uh, I don't know we're doing this. Mr. Liam Gordes is the uh, Carcassonne is... champion, won a Carcassonne one tournament. One of them. There was multiples. He's still the champion. That's okay, fine. all right. Just want to make sure we just want to acknowledge the fact that we're we're very proud of you, Liam. This is a mistake. For your, this is a mistake doing this. For your Carcassonne victory. Oh no! Um, apparently, the the tactic is all about the grass. I don't know what that means. Neither do I. I think he was I've explaining at one point. I sort of walked away, not he, out of rudeness, just because I had somewhere to be. Yeah, pretty much. But um, you, this is a mistake. You've made a mistake. I just want to. I just want to give credit where credit's due. That's all I want to do. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Anyway. Um, that's about it from us this year for PAX 2018. Uh, unfortunately, I'd like to say that I can just go and relax now, but I have a fucking full week of work. But also... We finally, Joel, we finally get to be cowboys. We do. We've done it. We wait, like... PAX weekend was so good, but it was hard. Like, I would open Twitter to tweet something like, oh, Red Dead. Every now and then you'd have that thought. It was like, oh, Red Dead. Fuck, I want to play Red you'd Dead You'd walk right past now. the EB booth and it's like, hey, get your Red Dead EB World Cut. Oh, Red Dead. Oh, God, Red Dead Redemption 2 is out. God, I just want to be it's a cowboy. It's sitting in my PlayStation right now. Um, but yeah, 
I'm 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 certain you'll hear us talk share our campfire stories next Expect week. Expect next week to just be Red Dead. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's PAX, they're Red Dead, then probably more Red Dead after that. Uh but yeah, that's about it. Should we wrap the show up? I think we should, Joel. As always, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Dialogue Options Podcast. I hope you enjoyed our Pax Travaganza. Take that, Joel. Jam Paxed. It's Pax Travaganza. It's way better. You don't get to name uh, the episode, so... Uh, I can always edit it, though. Uh, as always, we want to thank you for reaching this point. We appreciate it. If you wanted to listen to us talk about a billion little like games we played at a show, then, hey, awesome, because we love talking about them. Uh, if you want to keep up with us on the social medias... You can find us both on Facebook and Twitter, and I guess since we mentioned it, our Instagram, which yeah, we've been sort, absolutely. Of, sort of chugging away you at You were slowly. smashing away at that over the weekend. Uh, it was great. All of those are just dialogue options. If you search for them on those platforms, you should find us. Yep. I hope. I haven't tested it to find out, so if not, tell me I'm wrong. That's <laughs> uh, our username on all of them, so it should work. It should work. It surely, should work. Yeah. If you like dialogue options on Twitter, like that should yeah. work. Well, even if you go to Twitter and search for it. You know, oh, that, yeah, that, true. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's all good. You're right. right. That's fine. I've done, I haven't done the research, so we'll just pretend I'm right. Uh, as well, and of course, whatever podcast platform you listen to us on, uh, chuck us a thumbs up, a share, a review. It always helps, whether it's Podbean, iTunes, Podchaser, Google Spotify, Play. Google Play, yeah, Google Podcasts as well as a thing. Yeah. Wherever it is, we yep. appreciate it. Every little bit counts. Individually, shit, Joel, I wasn't even ready for this. Uh, Would you like, like me to go first then? <laughs> yeah, uh, you can, where can they find you on Twitter, Joel? Uh, you can find me at Jolly Mac, where uh, the, the last thing I tweeted about, I discovered a band called Ice Nine Kills this week that do have released an, al- an album that every song is based around a different horror movie. So I've been absolutely flogging that. They also did an album before it called uh, Every Trick in the Book. It's all about, every song's about a different uh, novel, uh, like, Dracula or uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde or Carrie. Um, so I've been slamming that all week and spare. If you like your metalcore, get into that and uh, give it a listen. It's my, it's, my, it's my music recommendation for the week. But where can they find you, Kyrie? Actually, you know what, Joel? Since you gave a music recommendation, oh. I, you can find me on Twitter where I'm at X. And what I've been tweeting about is, you know what, Joel? Over the weekend, the only thing that came out wasn't Red Dead. Season 2 of Castlevania is here. Go and watch it. Yep. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a good ride. Yep. Let's get a season three, guys. Let's do it. I'll catch up. <laughs> you bloody better. Yeah. Because I'm I'm bringing Castlevania season two next week as like just banter. <laughs> I don't have time. It's okay. fine. Like it's fine. It's all good. All right. I just have to tune out yeah. while you're like. But anyway, apart from that, that's that's about it. And we'll let our wonderful theme song see us out. See ya. Bye. Dialogue Options Podcast.